Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition, a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you, coming to you live from downtown Toronto, the uh, Grand Slam of Curling, Princess Auto Players Championship. There's a lot going on here and a lot going on with uh, this show and, of course, a lot going on back in Winnipeg as the Jets are heading to the playoffs. Uh, just because we probably will start this over, a big thanks to the sponsors that make the show happen. Our friends at Princess Auto here, Coolbet Canada, Modern Man Barbershops, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery and Canadian Club, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, BP, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, and Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. All right, take two for a Friday afternoon WST. Certainly not melee in today. Remo, um, we got the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank you, by the way, for uh, for filling in, entertaining the folks while we figured this out. But uh, I think we're good now, and uh, all systems go on this show and the Stanley Cup playoffs in the peg. Yeah, um, I'm getting uh, messages in chat. Sounds a lot better. Sounds better on my end. Uh, so great. I'm So now I can finally really get excited. It's starting to <laughs> yes. heat up here. We have dates for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have an opponent. Uh, this is awesome. Really exciting time. They announced uh, the street party today, the details on that. I think this is going to be a real fun week, and hopefully the Jets can keep it going by winning. I mean, winning a couple games. Take it to a, Let's take it to a game six. Um, I don't know where his predictions are. I saw Craig Button on the broadcast last night saying he's taking the Jets. Of course, Jesse Pollock of Bar Down, he put a video. He's taking the Jets. But, I, you know, we did a poll. Has, a lot of people, I think more people wanted Vegas for the rematch reasons. But also, um, you know, I don't want to go against McDavid, which I had said earlier. And I think the goaltending matchup as well, where the Jets have the biggest advantage, probably over any team, but especially here. With Vegas, uh, who's got uh, Lauren, former Jet, Lauren Brossois. Is he going to be the game one starter? He started last night. He's going to be the guy. Helly versus LB. I like that matchup for the Winnipeg Jets, to be perfectly honest. Um, hey, listen, that's a hell of a hockey team over there. And they were full marks for winning the Western Conference. But I think we've talked all year about how wide open the West is. And I'm not sure it's any less wide open today than it was throughout the entire year. And that's why it was so important to make sure that you got in and, uh, and see what happens. I, I do like this matchup. I mean, it, listen, when we're talking about the difference between Vegas golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Winnipeg's going to have on paper, at least a big goaltending advantage in both um, the Vegas golden Knights. While they're a deep, well-built hockey team that, you know, if they get Mark Stone back, which they are expecting along with Shea Theodore, um, you know, will be a favorite in the series. But, man, they don't have Connor McDavid. They don't have Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, I hope that we'll have a lock shop series in round two where we can have some Dustin for some fun with our pal Dustin Nielsen in Edmonton. But uh, as I tweeted out last night, it's a bit of an old-school H&L series as um, the Jets take on, uh, on uh, uh, Vegas. And yeah, very interesting goaltending story with Laurent Brassois, who uh, at the time looked like he might not play again for Vegas. And now is kind of the last man standing out of those four goaltenders. It certainly hasn't been Jonathan Quick since they got him from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Of course, after the trade against the LA Kings, final game being in Winnipeg. Um, so I mean, we're going to have plenty of time to break down this series. But uh, I have to say, I mean, I'm with most of the, uh, most of the, the fans that, 
thought that, you know, the Jets' better opponent in the first round was Vegas. No slight against them, but we're not going up against the uh, back-to-back hard trophy winner. Um, and a, a team that, as was laid out yesterday by Meanie Ream, Edmonton is just two points off of Boston's pace since the start of January and finished the season on, I believe, a 17-2-1 heater. So they'll see the Los Angeles Kings in that first round. Still waiting to find out what's happening in the Central Division because, of course, the Colorado Avalanche can claim the uh, can claim the crown tonight if they do get a win. Um, so we locked in Tuesday night, Vegas, Winnipeg. I know Monday and Tuesday it'll be all about this series. Uh, but right now I think there's a legitimate amount of excitement in the city and excitement among Jets fans that, uh, especially the way the team played with their season on the line in those last couple weeks, that... Um, they're going to be in this, and uh, they will have a chance to win. I don't think this is going to be a walkover for the favorites by any stretch of the imagination. I totally agree with you. And I, one thing I know, like Winnipeggers already planning on visiting Vegas. I got a text from Nick, from Nick and Nikki DQ. He's already, he's, he booked his hotel and flight before uh, the game even ended. He was that confident. I'm just looking at some numbers here, like goals for per game as the Oilers rank first in the league, 3.96. You go down to Vegas, they're 14th. Uh, 3.26. The Jets are at an even three per game. Goals against per game. You look at uh, where Vegas is. They're they're 20, 20. Sorry, that's the opposite way. I mean, they're what are they? Sorry, I can't read this. They're 11th in goals against per game. 2.74. The Jets, uh, 0.01 better at 2.73. Power play. We know Edmonton's got the number one power play in the league at 32.4. Vegas what? is power. Yeah, 32 point. Okay, the next absurd. The next closest is the Maple Leafs at 26%. But Vegas is down there 18th, 20%. And the Jets, uh, not much worse. They're 23rd at 19.3%. And penalty kill Jets, we know they're sixth in the league, 82.4%. And Vegas, uh, 77.4%. They're 19th in the league. So I do think these teams match up well. You think of their regular season games, Vegas. I uh, took a couple. One of them, I have memories of Jack Eichel scoring at the buzzer in overtime and Connor Hellebuck standing on his head. But um, I think we're going to see a, a ready Jets team. I, I, know, I wonder if they're going to take one. I'm getting flashbacks for the Anaheim series where the Jets were the lower seed. And we thought you know they had a shot at, upset, at the upset, but it was maybe the four, closest four-game sweep you've ever seen there in the 2014-15 playoffs. I wonder if we end up seeing something like that from the Jets side, or we see something like, you know, they push him. I don't know if the Jets can take this in four. I don't know if the Jets can take oh, this yeah, in yes. four. I think, that, <laughs> I think that might be a little aggressive. Um, hey, you know what the Jets didn't have in 2014 or 2015? Connor Hellebuck. And, uh, True. You know, he, uh, listen, I, I mean, I think we all know that, you know, on this show in this market, we're going to be talking about, you know, this team, you know, from a standpoint of how can they win? What are the paths to victory? The path to victory, very similar to the path to getting to the Stanley Cup playoffs when the Jets were in, you know, a real rut about a month ago, is to lean on your best players and having your best players step up and be those guys. And there's no doubt about it. It starts with Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, if Connor Hellebuck was out, I don't think many people would have as many, um, you know, as much confidence that the Jets could hang with the Vegas Golden Knights. But um, goaltending at times can be everything in the playoffs, especially in tight, close-fought games 
where the margin of error and the difference between winning and losing can be like that. Um, the way that Hellebuck played and put the team on his back down the uh, down the stretch, along with the way so many players kind of stepped up after being in funks of their own, um, I think this is coming at a perfect time for Winnipeg. I think the team is going to be ready. And uh, I think that, you know, while maybe on paper and, uh, you know, looking at the one versus eight seed, Vegas will absolutely be a favorite and they should be. Um, the Winnipeg Jets, you know, certainly have a chance to make it happen. And we could go through it. Maybe we'll do this on Monday, Reem, is go through some of the other one versus eight series that have gone down right down to the wire. And dare I say, straight up upsets. Um, you know, teams have won the cup there I said from the eighth spot think of the LA Kings and what was that 2012 so um the next few days will be some fun anticipation I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about you know certain matchups that might be taking place but the one thing I'll say beyond Hellebuck which is for where it starts for me Jets certainly have some guys that can score that top line's deadly they'll need to bring their a game but I keep coming back to the emergence of Adam Lowry's lineup in both ends of the ice, the scoring that they've had, how they look with Nino Niederreiter um, as an absolute problem for top lines around the league. And, uh, you know, whoever Bruce Cassidy is sending over the boards is going to have to deal with uh, a line that has turned into a two-way problem for other teams. Um, and I know we talked a lot about Adam Lowry yesterday with Ken he is going to be, I think, a very key and central figure in this. And, man, I don't know if Adam Lowry's ever had more confidence with where he and his line is at right now, considering the 35-game goal-scoring drought. But what we've seen from that line and how impactful they've been at both ends in the last month, getting this team to where they wanted to be, and that's in the postseason tourney. Yeah, Adam Lowry, I mean, he's basically been um, the second line here at times, charged with playing in all situations, penalty kill, uh, shutting down that... And the other team's top line. And, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We're assuming Mark Stone will will be playing. Um, you know, he's, what, on LTIR now and did practice. Uh, so we'll have that'll be a storyline for them. But Jack Eichel, I mean, he's never played in the playoffs. Like, how is this guy going to perform? How is he going to elevate his game in a playoff? It's kind of funny. Like, you think the Jets might be the more, at least, I don't know, the local Knights have some playoff experience too, March or so. Carlson were there, but the, I think the Jets' playoff experience will come in handy. They've been to a Western Conference final against these Golden Knights. They've played in big playoff series, uh, all of them, and you have, wonder if that's going to be a factor. Although the one area I'd say Vegas has you manage, you look at their defense uh, Martinez, Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, he's on his way back. He's top D. Braden McNabb experience. Their bottom pair, you know, maybe not. Not as strong in Ben Hutton and Nicholas Haig, but I mean, their top end, uh, Petrangelo and Theodore, I don't think it gets much better than that um, among the NHL. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I, I'm with you on that. They uh, certainly have an incredible, uh, and listen, Kelly McCrimmon, I think, has done a great job of building that team, and I think they built their team thinking about the playoffs. Um, mm. To me, the biggest question for Vegas is, I mean, like, let's assume that Mark Stone is back, but I mean, how... Like, what percent is Mark Stone? I mean, the guy just had, he's coming off back surgery. And I know we kind of joke about, oh, this is a scam. They're putting him on LTIR and coming back. Um, He had back surgery. He hasn't played. He's going to, I'm sure, give it a go. Um, And listen, a Mark Stone at 70% or 80% is probably still pretty damn good and help you win hockey games. But he really is the leader of this team. And, you know, if he's not close to full full go, 
um, it does put a lot of pressure on a guy like Jack Eichel to show what he can do and maybe, um, you know, earn that spot in the team that, you know, for a team that gave up so much to get him in that blockbuster trade that brought him to Vegas. Certainly Eichel's going to be fired up to play in the playoffs for the first time. But I think this Winnipeg Jets team, after the disappointment of last year and the ups and downs of this season to get to where they are right now, um, you know, has put themselves in a good position to go and give it a real fight. And I cannot wait for Tuesday night to get things going. And of course, Saturday night here in Winnipeg, Canada Life Center. We'll get times for you coming up when everything is, uh, is there's a little more clarity to, uh, to everything. But um, and we'll talk more about uh, what's going to be happening downtown with the White Oak parties and uh, hopefully bringing that spirit of playoff hockey, not just to downtown Winnipeg, but around our city and our province. Uh, we're going to talk about it with Billick coming up. Uh, Brandon Rewicki is also going to join us. I'm looking forward to that. Um, just before we do that, uh, big thanks to our friends at Modern Men Barbershops, our newest sponsor with eight locations in Winnipeg. New locations now either on Pemina Highway, close to the university, right by Bishop Grandin, or and on Plessy Road. Uh, Modern Man Barbershop does uh, a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com and follow them on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. Uh, it is hot as hell here right now. I think it was about 25 degrees when I walked in. I know it's been a nice week in Winnipeg, melting all that snow. We're going to get into spring, but can we also think about summer? Obviously, we're focusing on the playoffs. Why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge with AquaTech? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that shoot you. And uh, they also do whole home renovations with thousands of renos as their foundation. Let AquaTech upgrade any space in your home. AquaTech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Uh, we are going to get ready for those summer toys, boats, sedus, golf carts, and more. Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery have you covered for all of your battery needs, and they'll save it time and money by delivering it to you anywhere in the city if you get that order in by noon or even the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, save money, save time, and uh, stop wasting your time looking for a parking spot in Costco and the like. Let Manitoba Battery bring it to you. Give them a call at 783-8787 to order. You can order online and check out all their stock at manitobabattery.com or pop down and see Donnie and the gang at 1026 Logan Avenue. And just before we bring in Scott Billick, cheers friends at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Canadian Club and Ginger Ale, now available in 473 milliliter cans at ML Manitoba Liquor Marts and beer vendors. And we're counting down the days until we can enjoy a few CC and Gingers at IG Field watching the blue and gold. Pick up Canadian Club today, heading into the weekend at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right, let's get ready for the playoffs and welcome in Scotty Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Billick, what's going on? How are you? Uh, it's good. It, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the curling has been great. Uh, big big matchup between Carrie and Jen this morning. Um, and, uh, and this event is actually really neat. I, I mean, I'd never seen one of these Grand Slams before, where the men and the women are playing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and it really is the best of the best. So um, I know they were the Jen and Carrie were the, the feature game on Sportsnet earlier today. Uh, crowds have been pretty good and. 
I mean, there's a big buzz here in downtown too. I was telling Remus yesterday, I went to the Jays game a couple yeah, nights ago. Yeah. And coming out, it was a wild scene. You had all these happy Jays fans after the walk-off comeback win in extra innings, combining with all the disappointed Raptor fans coming out of the Air <laughs> Canada Center after the play-in loss to the Bulls. Um, so there's a lot going on, but um, I'm sure there was going to be a big buzz next week in Winnipeg as the Jets are now in the playoffs and yeah. see the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. Uh, what do you think about this matchup that uh, is going to get going on uh, on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the matchup. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's so many storylines, right? I mean, you got... No, no, okay, first of all, the rematch from the 2018 Western Conference Final, I think that's probably chief among, um, you know, the storylines in, in, in Jets fans' minds for sure. Um, you got Hellebuck versus Brassois. You got Mark Stone. You got, uh, you know, Jack Eichel playing, and I believe it's his first best-of-seven series in his career. And I'm not even, like, he. I, I, I believe he was on that interview uh, yesterday or two days ago See, he's never played in a best of seven in his life, right? Like, never in a best of seven in his life. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I mean, he was a well, he comes guy up, or right, NCAA. yeah, he comes up, I mean, yeah, not, exactly. So, no like, best I mean, of sevens there. You're right. playing one and dones. Yeah, and and to me, I mean, I think the biggest storyline coming into this, and like, yeah, people say that I'm negative and blah 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 about the team and whatever. I actually think the Jets have a chance in this series. Like, I, I legitimately think the Jets can do damage in this series. And, but they have to play the way that they've played for the past month. And if you look at the analytics from the Jets over the past month, they are the best expected goals team in the league. But nobody, nobody is... Well, I, I, mean, was blown away. I was blown away when I saw that. Uh, the best expected goals team in the league. They're the second best possession hockey team in the league over the last month. They've had the ninth best save percentage in the league over the past, uh, over the past month. Like, this team right now... And forget what everything that we've said over the last, especially during that two-month stretch where they were one of the worst teams in the league at all these things. This team has, like, uh, it, it's it's remarkable how they've come together um, to to really turn into the team that I think we thought they would turn into, you know, around in the February and the March where, you know, where they were, January and February, where they were instead struggling, you know, trying to find their game and all that. Um, I, I think they found their scoring touch. The power play looks a lot better with Nikolai Ehlers. Um, you know, not really running it, but he's like the second anchor on that power play, in, in my opinion. And the way that he has been used, um, the way that the fourth line has been constructed, that Morgan Barron and, and Kevin Stenland, those guys are really not only like, I mean, I, I think they're pushing for offense, right? I mean, I, so you have, you sort of have like these four lines that, 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 that work right now. Um, it, it, it's very intriguing to me what the Jets can do and the damage that they can do because I don't think that Vegas really has the goaltending. And this is no no slight against Laurent Bassois, but he's not Logan Thompson and he's not Jonathan Quick in the playoffs. And and so um, when you're not going to be playing those guys, I mean, there's, there's going to be, I mean, to me, this is such a prove-it series for Laurent Bassois. I mean, he wanted, obviously, to... To get more games and when he left Winnipeg and all that sort of stuff, wanted more money, all that. Um, I, I think he reinvented his career in Winnipeg. Like, I, I think that's where he kind of catapulted off again. And obviously, he's had injuries and that sort of thing, but I think there's huge motivation. I know Connor Hellebuck and him are are, are, are both good friends. They, they're represented by the same agent and all that kind of stuff. 
But this is a fascinating series between, you know, uh, the master and the protege, uh, let's say. Um, I, I think it's just, it, it's full of storylines. But I think, for me, the biggest one is I think the Jets can actually compete in this series. And I, I know the regular season schedule will say that, you know, it wasn't close. A couple of those games David Riddick played. So that that's, you know, um, obviously not indicative of how Connor Hellebuck's going to play. But if the Jets can harness this last month of play, I, I, I think that they can... I think they can compete in the series. Am I ready to say they're going to win this series? I'm not sure yet. Um, still writing my game or my series preview and all that stuff. Um, I, you know, they're obviously not going to be the betting favorite uh, in the series, Winnipeg. Um, but I, I do think, uh, honestly, that this team can compete in this series if if they play like they have over the past month. Yeah, and 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 I mean, God knows we've talked about this, you know, throughout the year. I mean, the ro- the roller coaster of the Jet season. Yeah. Is, uh, I mean, is a story in itself. I mean, the unexpected, incredible start, the heights that they had coming into the new year, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, really two months of subpar hockey that threatened everything that they'd done yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the season. But in some ways, Scott, I'm not sure. Like, none of that matters once you drop the puck in game Correct. one of the first round. Yeah. And I'm sort of with you. What they had to do, coming together, getting back to what they did, players, key players, finding their way again and stepping up the way they did. Honestly, I think that makes them a more dangerous team in this spot than if they had just cut a cruise through the last couple months of the season. I mean, they yeah. had to prove it to themselves and basically play playoff type hockey games with that sort of pressure and intensity for the better part of the last three or four weeks. And they got yeah. the job done. And, uh, I'm sort of with you. I mean, if you want to look for storylines or reasons why the Winnipeg Jets will be a frisky underdog and a very difficult out, it's the fact that this team right now, the way they're playing, is not the team that was struggling as they did for two months. And um, Rick Bonus deserves a ton of credit, but it's also a number of guys in that dressing room that stepped up and yeah. You know, Connor Hellebuck, of course, is the uh, is the backbone of this hockey club. Well, he's the linchpin, right? Like, I mean, I think you know, if you look at since he his thirteen games that he started since that, he started that Boston game at five on five, nine thirty save percentage, one point seven seven goals against average. Um, I mean, th- th- those are those are game winning, those are playoff winning numbers, right? If you're looking for, you need a goalie to step up again. I think I, I think everything here is is dependent on you know, the Jets not doing the Jekyll and Hyde thing that they did all season, right? I mean, that that's really what they have to stay away from. Um, but it, I think Connor Hellebuck knows he has something to prove in the playoffs because he hasn't been able to take this team, um, maybe carry this team on his back in the way that, uh, you know, some fans would have would have liked to see in the playoffs. He's obviously been, you know, spectacular during the regular seasons, and many of them obviously Played really well in that Edmonton series. I thought he outdueled Pekka Rene in in 2018. There, um, you know, like th- there is that. But when it comes down to it, he got outdueled by Carey Price in the one series. Got outdueled by Mark Andre Fleury. So I, I believe that there, there there there's some something here for Connor Hellebuck to prove. The, the the one thing, if there's a knock against Connor Hellebuck, I believe it's that he he needs to he needs to put in that performance in the playoffs. And I think if he goes in the playoffs. And drops at a nine thirty on the power or on five on five and a one seven seven goals against the Jets have every opportunity to to win this series and maybe not even in seven maybe in six because I mean we we know I mean it, it's about the goalie oftentimes in the playoffs and if the Jets are scoring at the rate that they are now uh, they have been uh, and they're getting that same goaltending 
I, I hesitate to say the sky's the limit um, because we're, we're not too far removed from how, how bad this team looked. But if they've really sorted this out and they've done it before the playoffs, it, it, it's there, right? Like, I, I do think it's there. I, I'm, I, I, yeah, I just, I just think there, there, there's an opportunity for the Jets right now to take it if if they can kind of harness what they have done over the last uh, you know 30 days yeah. or so. Listen, there's there's obviously a lot of things that are going to have to happen. Connor Hellebuck's going to need to be the best goalie in the series and maybe one of if not the best player in the series for sure. Yeah. Um the Jets defense core and I think that I mean, certainly you'd give the 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 nod to Vegas on the depth 1 to 6 of their defense. Well, definitely. Yep. But at the same time I have to tell you, I mean, Josh Morrissey, we've talked all year about how he's elevated himself mm-hmm. and other key players. Neil Pionk has looked like a different player to, to me yep. in the last three to four weeks. And that is absolutely huge because, um, you know, he really did struggle at times. And a lot of those self-inflicted giveaways and turnovers were a reason why the Jets were, you know, you know, losing some games and giving ones up that you probably couldn't have. But I look at a player like Brandon Dillon. I look at guys, I mean, even Nate Schmidt with the way that he's been uh, playing as of late and the steadiness of Dylan DeMello. And Dylan Sandberg has very quietly become, I mean, a guy that I think I'd be confident playing in my top four, never mind on that third pairing. So they've been trending in the right direction. And so much of the playoffs is being your best and getting hot at the right time. And as much as it was painful for fans to go through and certainly painful for guys in that locker room. I'm not sure that the adversity that they went through might actually make them a more dangerous team when we drop the puck next week. Yeah. And you hear players talk about this all the time, right? I mean, the, the worst time to go through adversity in this season would be now, right? They would be, you know, the last couple games of the season and, 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 it, and it bleeds into the first couple games of the playoffs. If anything, and we'll, you know, we'll find out at the end. But you know, right now, if anything, the Jets might have gone through adversity at potentially the best time of the year. Not not the best time of the year. I wouldn't say that, but at a time of the year that that, that what worked for them, right? Like they were forced to look within and, and dig themselves out of this. There was a lot of noise outside from you know all of us in the media, and, and fans were upset, and the boos, and and all that at the home games, and and, and everything like that. I mean, it, the, all that noise was there, and this team not only had to block out that noise, but but try and find a way to you know see through it, see you know see the forest through the trees, and uh, so to speak, to get through what they needed to get through. And you know, uh, maybe maybe it's just scheduling or whatever. They, they were able to beat up on two teams on back to back nights. Um, scoring 12 goals in those games that I had played on back-to-backs. Um, so that that's, uh, you know, it, it, it just worked out for this team. I, I think they, I look back at the goal that Mark Scheifele scored in Minnesota. It wasn't, the goal it had nothing to do with the goal, a great goal, obviously. I mean, nice play. But it, it was his reaction, right, after that goal, the celebration. I look at that celebration and he's like sitting there, he's like, yeah, let's go, you know, and like, that's the celebration of an engaged Mark Shifley, right? Mark Shifley's back. And and so when Mark Shifley was gone for a while, um, I think we can all agree that 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 benching in Carolina did, did didn't didn't have the desired effect. Uh, he did not react the, well. <laughs> from, yeah, from the coaching staff. But that goal that he scored and that celebration, and those are the times that were, you know, it it it, it your true kind of emotions take over. And I looked at Mark Shifley there. 
And I was like, yeah, that guy's back, right? This is the Mark Shifley at the beginning of the season who was well, was well engaged and, and all that. Like, I don't know who got to Mark Shifley. I don't know if Mark Shifley got to himself. Whatever happened there, like Mark Shifley's back. And so like that, that, that's a huge boon for this, this team to have. Because I think there's a large part of this team that whether or not Mark Shifley is the best leader or not or whatever, we can all debate that stuff, whatever. But if Mark Shifley is showing the way, I think a lot of people follow. And, and if we can all go back to the 2018 playoffs and remember how dominant Mark Shifley was in the playoffs. And, and, and if you're getting that same mentality, Mark Shifley, coming into these playoffs, uh, you know, like it's well, – I, th- yeah. I think there's a lot of potential here for this Winnipeg Jets and, and team. And let's think about where so, he's playing too. I mean, it was somewhat I know, he's unconventional. Not even playing center, right? And you know what? And, I mean, a lot of the things – I mean, listen, Shifley we know has incredible offensive talents and the numbers speak for yeah. themselves. Um. Not necessarily the most trustworthy defensive player at such an important position. And in playoffs like this, when you're going against the number one team, those are big, big responsibilities. And, you know, putting him onto the wing right now where maybe he doesn't have to bear as much of that against other top centers and allowing Pierre-Luc Dubois to do that, who can be very, very effective in both ends, along with a guy like Kyle Connor, who, to his standards, has had a subpar season, but you know how you make you take care of that? You have a monster playoffs and no one gives a damn about what happened in the regular season. And th- this yep. line is absolutely fascinating, Scott. Yep. They are going to need to produce and do all those things that you know we were just mentioning. And then you go to the second line. And Nemetsnikov, I still can't believe what a steal he has been for the team and oh, how yeah. versatile he's been. Um and I mean, Blake Wheeler is going to need to, we'll see what we get out of Blake. I mean, he's had some real highs and some lows this year, but I think like many of his teammates has been playing certainly a heck of a lot better recently than he was during uh, when the, then the team struggled. And then there's Nikolai Ehlers. And I mean, fingers crossed that he'll be healthy and good yeah. to go. Um, he's a guy that can basically control the line. But for me, where I really find a lot of optimism about this match and actually never mind the matchup regardless of who the Winnipeg Jets are playing just the Winnipeg Jets as a team that could do damage in the playoffs is actually focusing on the bottom six and I mean I don't know what more we can say about Adam Lowry yeah he went forever without scoring a goal (laughs) but I mean you take out that long stretch of the regular season um and you look at the the two like the start and the end um playing incredible hockey and I would say this last month might be the best Adam Lowry we've ever seen um doing it in both ends that line is scoring goals they've been living in their other team's end and I got to tell you regardless of last change whoever that lineup is line is going up against they are going to be a problem for in this case the Vegas Golden Knights and it takes everyone I've actually been really impressed with the fourth line especially as of late I mean Standing yeah, got a goal yeah, last night. Uh, Morgan Barron is, to, you know, to me, the key guy on that line. But even Menelainen, with the size that he brings, um, like yeah. I think back to Vegas when they beat the Jets in 2018. It wasn't all their top guys that were scoring the big goals. I no. mean, it was like Thomas Nosek. Every time I see that guy, yeah, I think yeah. back to like how the hell was that? I mean, you know, you need to get something for your fourth you line, need- or at least at least stay even on that and. More so than certainly the last few seasons, I think that they are positioned to, um, you know, have an impact on the game as well. And that maybe takes off some of the pressure that has traditionally been on that top line of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'd like to disagree with you for, for the sake of the show. But, uh, no, I can't. I mean, I can't. I can't because 
here's the thing. I mean, I think the common denominator of Adam Lowry's good play throughout his career has always been the consistency of his line mates, right? The problem with Adam Lowry is that he's viewed <clears throat> as like almost like a gatekeeper, right? Like, okay, give me this guy. We're going to give you Adam Lowry. You're going to improve your game. Then you're going to be moved up the lineup. We're going to give you Adam Lowry. You're going to improve his game. You're going to move him up the lineup. This has happened throughout Adam Lowry's career here. He's been such a stalwart as that as that third line center. But I think he also falls victim to being kind of this center that can really kind of bring other guys along with him. And and so, but now you're seeing just a a third line. And, and let's not you know take anything away from anybody else because I think Nino Niederreiter on that line has really helped that line as well. I mean, to me, he's like an Andrew Kopp. Um, type of guy on that line, and you have yeah, Mason Appleton. He scores twenty goals in his sleep. Uh, exactly right, and then you have Mason Appleton, who is kind of like the Brandon Tanev. And if you want to look, go back and look at twenty eighteen. That line, I mean, I did stories on this back then. That line was elite in terms of possession numbers and expected goals. And the reason why they were do that because that all they did was play on the offensive zone, and they grinded teams down. They were so good on offense. And defense, you know, because of the fact that they're playing a lot of the time in the offensive zone, that's what they're good at. Now, you watch that line over the last, you know, month or so, and you've seen that again. You're, you're seeing that line play in the offensive zone. They're hard. They grind teams down. They demoralize teams, uh, top lines. Like, that's that's what they're good at. And so the, Rick Bonus has, has found that kind of stroke of, I mean, I don't want to call it a stroke of genius, but you have to, you know, he, he's found the right configuration for that lineup. I think when Niederreiter came in, and because there were some injuries and that sort of thing, you know, okay, he's going to go in the top six. And Cole Perfetti obviously gets injured, so you're like, okay, well, let's put him in the top six and 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 kind of see what that you know looks like. But I think as they've kind of settled the top line and moved Mark out to the wing and all that, they've they found that they can they can play this third line as almost like a second line, right? Or at least in in, in terms of minutes, they can do that. And and it, and it's. Uh, it, it's great. It, it's a great line. It, it's it's very good uh, at shutting down the opposition's best. I mean, this was something that Paul Maurice always talked about this line and why they were second over the boards and all that kind of stuff all the time. It was because of the fact that um, they were so effective against top lines across the NHL. They're back to doing that again. And I think that's that's a huge thing in this playoffs because you're always going to be playing, especially when you're the eighth seed team, you're going to be playing teams that have multiple top lines, let's say. And so, you know, obviously the top two lines, you're going to have to, you know, deal with some of the best of Vegas has. But you have that kind of, um, it's not a third wheel, you know, almost like that that third bullet in the chamber that you can throw out there that can really grind down. And they can score. So that's the other thing, too. They can score. And then we've seen the fourth line. I think they can contribute. I mean, you talked about Stenland had the goal. I mean, he wasn't the fourth line center last night, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um and that was shorthanded, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken. But I still think that that, um, that line's – because Morgan Barron. Like, Morgan Barron could easily play on the third line on this team. And, and some, some believe he could play up further up the lineup. But you have a glut of talent right now with this Jets team healthy that you can – we'll see what happens with Nick Ehlers, obviously. But, you know, with, with, with Morgan Barron and Stenland and Sack, it's a big line. It, 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 it's a tough line to put out against other teams. Um, they like to be physical, they like all that kind of stuff. And, and they can do the same thing. It, it may be less, less effective, but they can do, you know, a lot of the same things in terms of, of, um, you know, grinding other teams down. And, and so, yeah, the Jets have a really good mix right now. It's a really good, you know, top, you know, it's a really good four lines and, 
we'll see how it matches up against Vegas because we haven't seen it against Vegas, you know, in this configuration yet. Um, but I like it. I mean, I, I again, like I said, I, I like Winnipeg's chances if they can play the, the type of game they have over the last one, month. One and other that's just thing, what it is. One yeah. other thing that I love uh, about this, and this is sort of weird because, I mean, we talk about they play games and you want home ice advantage. I actually love start love that they're starting the first two games on the road. I mean, the ability to get a split and then come back to, I mean, what if the Jets yeah, can yeah. get one of those two wins? I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine how bananas that building will be and the city will be when they uh, when it comes back. But, you know, I think back to the best of five, and that was where the Jets had home ice against Vegas in the 2018 series. <laughs> they had that great first game, but then they lost game two, and all of a sudden they were playing catch-up and never were really able to get back into the series. Yeah. So very simple what the objective is for Winnipeg. It's to... Uh, you know, get one of the first two games and come back split with home ice and what would be a best of five at that point and really feed off the energy of the crowd. And the crowds have been so good those last five games of the year. I mean, the fans have really stepped up and the players have done it as well. And uh, it's going to be a real, real exciting yeah. week. Um, just before we go, we're going to jump on with Rewiki in a sec. What's coming up? I imagine you and uh, the Sun Gang is going to be uh, real busy you know, over the next few days getting ready for uh, games one and two. Yeah, I mean, the Jets have practice tomorrow, the first, uh, let's say, playoff practice tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, we got videos, playoff previews, all the stuff. I think well, all three of us are on board. So um, that's nice to have, you know, two other guys <laughs> helping me out uh, in the playoffs this year. But, uh, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I, I think, yeah, there, there, there's there's so many storylines, right? Like, there's just, there's just so much that you can write about this series even before it gets started. And, uh, you know, it's going to be... It's going to be a good series, and uh, like I said, I mean, I, I think the Jets have a real chance to, to to play in this series. I think that's what they can do, and uh, I just I can't I can't get that thought out of my head after what that we've seen over the last month here, and uh, you know I think that gives hope to I think the Jets play over the last month gives hope to fans that they, that they, they they're not just going to get run over. Um, by a first place Vegas team. And, Frisky uh, underdogs, yeah. don't count them out. <laughs> I like it. Frisky underdogs. <laughs> Have a yeah. good one, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, appreciate it, Huss. Thanks for having me. There is yeah. a Scotty Billick from the Winnipeg Sun uh, with his thoughts on the upcoming series between Winnipeg and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let's uh, give a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, Stop at any one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. When you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family owned and operated since 1936, carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. And if you can't make it down to any of the seven Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online at myvita.ca. Local delivery is now available. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. Uh, well, spring is here. Summer's just around the corner. How's your fence looking, folks? Wallace and Wallace are Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists and ready to help you if your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one. They've got vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood any type of fence they are the experts in it and if it's time to replace your garage door or you need repairs to it they're the experts in that too with winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors 
204, 2700 is the number. The Wallace team will come and uh, arrange time to come and give you a free estimate. You can also find out more and visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. How's the closet looking, guys, as we uh, head into the new uh, the new season? F Apparel's got you covered if you need to up your menswear game. Custom suits beginning at $400 along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties. If you're in one, talk to them about that. And a free custom shirt and tie with any purchase of a new suit for 2023 high school grads. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown, and online at fapparel.com. And just before we bring in Brando, uh, it is blizzard weather outside right now. I can tell you here, and I know back in Winnipeg, gorgeous weather, or seeing uh, the snow melt. Perfect time to go grab a blizzard with the family at one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. The DQ in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's. I'd highly recommend the burgers as well, but we know what the number one choice is. That is the amazing ice cream treats at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. And if you do need a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake for an upcoming event, you can hit them up on Instagram. If you'd like, send them a picture, get it custom made for you for a quick and easy pickup at your favorite Nick and Nicky DQ. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to a little more puck talk with Brandon Rowicki, the host of Skates and Plates. And uh, Root, they got to the finish line. They made it to the playoffs, 82 games in the rear view. And now we focus in on game one against the Vegas Golden Knights next week. Um, what do you make of what we've seen from the Jets and where they are as a team right now as we speak today, three, four days before the playoffs begin? Yeah, they, they kind of did it exactly how we all thought they would. So I, I don't, we don't really need to talk about this one too much here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's wild. I, I kind of, you know, over the last week or so, you know, I went from maybe two, three weeks ago saying this is a team that's likely to just roll over and die come postseason time to maybe a week ago saying, yeah, you know what, maybe there's a little more in them to the point we're at now where it's like they they might they might not be all that underdog status against the top seed in the West. Like it, it really is remarkable the turnaround that this club has had over the last handful of games here. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's all that unfounded. Like they have turned a corner in a big way. You know, there, there was a lot of debate and doubt as to how effective the new look forward lines would be. And each of the top nine has been absolutely tremendous so far since they've been put together. And then Connor Hellebike went from really good goalie to God mode over the last little while, specifically in that game against Minnesota where he was just beyond tremendous. So it's, yeah, it's it's pretty wild, the peaks and valleys. Like this is this is a Six Flags type roller coaster ride that we've gone on over the last handful of weeks here. But, I mean, ultimately it's kind of reached the spot where most Jets fans would have hoped here and that. They're peaking at the perfect time here, and they look at the very least like they're going to be a legitimately tough outcome this postseason. How far that's going to be, that that remains to be seen. Well, I, I I really I'm with you on this one, and I I, uh, I mean God knows we've talked enough about it, but I mean we've seen what this team was able to do in the first few months of the season. We also saw some very very concerning regression and uh, deja vu from some collapses in the second half of other seasons. 
And it almost seemed like, I'm not sure whether the San Jose game and the shutout was rock bottom, but obviously there were some changes and I think some self-reflection. And the bottom line is a number of players stepped up, took ownership of it, and, you know, went out and played with the urgency that their situation called for. Um, And Brandon, now they've done it. They've made the playoffs. They're, you know, in the eighth seed. There won't be a lot of people expecting them to win I have to think that, um, or I'd like to think at least, that the adversity that they've gone through actually makes them a better and more dangerous team going up against a hell of a hockey club in Vegas that is really built for the playoffs and quite deep. Although, I think we all know that when we're starting off with the most important position when it comes to playoff time, Winnipeg is going to have a significant advantage, even though Laurent Brassois, in the limited time he's played this year, has been good. Um they came together at the right time. And I think that in that locker room, there's a lot of growing confidence and a ton of excitement about the challenge that awaits them next week. And you throw on top of all of that, that you, you speak on there, which I, and I'll call it the final game of the season, even though it wasn't, you know, 82, but the fashion that, that win against Minnesota took place, right? Like not only do you go into a must win game against a division rival that that is playing for home ice at the time. It was a game that, you know, actually meant something for Minnesota too. But you go in there that you have the the debauchery, the tomfoolery that happened in the final eight minutes. Like that that's a pretty cohesive team building moment there, man. Like I I wonder if that is maybe a bit of a jumping off point as well. Too. I agree. I agree. We yeah. saw that video. Like a lot of times when this team was crumbling at the time, they didn't seem like much of a team. I mean, they didn't seem to be leaning on each other. No one was really stepping up for one another. And, you know, you had major questions as to, you know, where, you know how much, you know, particular players were caring. I mean, how engaged they were. It's been an absolute 180. And that was a perfect example of it. Um, and you know what, listen, we're always going to talk about Shifley because he's got 42 goals and Kyle Connor needs to score. But when you think about winning playoff series, it takes everyone and it takes some of the guys maybe lower in your lineup to start up. And I continue to go back to Adam Lowry for the way that he's played, the huge goals that he scored, how dominant his line has been. But dude, I mean, that video of him coming off the ice after fighting Reeves and Brendan Dillon and all the guys there, I mean, I get fired up just thinking about it and... I got to tell you, I mean, he, we talked about Morrissey being a guy that put his team on his back earlier in the season. In a lot of ways, coming off a 30-plus goal-scoring drought, Adam Lowry did exactly that. And uh, as I said this to Billick earlier, the way that that line is played, now with Nito Niederreiter on it, who has huge playoff goals in his past, a consistent 20-25 goal scorer, that line looks as effective as it's been in a long time, Lowry's playing the best hockey of his career, in my opinion. They've got a ton of confidence, and they're going to be a pain in the ass for whoever they play against. And I'd bet anybody 20 bucks that when we get to Tuesday night and Rick Bonus on the road has to put his lineup card, 17 is going to be in that face-off circle taking that opening draw. And they are going to be a huge, huge part of it. You're not going to win. You're not going to do much if your top six doesn't produce. But I'll tell you what, that third line particularly, and the fourth line's been holding their own as well, um, you know, it, it really does have a making of a team that is going to be a very, very tough out for any team in the Western Conference. Yeah, for my money, that's been their best line over the last two weeks. And I, I know, you know, production-wise, they're not necessarily outscoring the, the top two ahead of them. But, I mean, 
you see the impact shift and shift out, right? Like they're just in there. They're grinding the hell out of whoever they're going up against each night. And, and yeah, I, I think, you know, Niederreiter's game too, just perfectly translate to postseason hockey. So we, when, when we've seen this Jets team be successful in the past, it's when they have a third line that goes out there and, and just grinds opponents into dust. And the way they're playing right now, it kind of, it kind of gives you vibes of, of what the Lowry line was like back when they made that run in, in, in 2018, right? It, it might, might be the best addition of that line that they've had in quite some time here. So I, it's, it's interesting going into the postseason here that the way the lines are currently constructed, I think you feel pretty good about the Shifley-Dubois line likely going up against Eichel for the majority of the matchups there. Lowry's line sprinkled in. But you obviously feel good about Lowry's line going into this one as well. The big question mark for the Jets is going to be that, that second unit. I mean, one, you have Ehlers' health. That's going to be a bit of a concern here. But, you know, Nemesnikov as a second-line center, that that's that's amongst the weakest in the entire NHL playoff bracket in terms of guys down the middle there. And then we have Blake Wheeler, who's picked his game up of late, but we've seen, you know, ebbs and flows in, in his level of, of production over this season. So that, that, to me, is going to be the big question mark for this team is going to be, okay, we think Dubois-Shifley together is going to be just fine. We like the way our third line is playing right now, but does the second line give us that added little piece of oomph in our lineup? Do they come out there and do they give a little, a little bit of an offensive spark? Because if that line's going too, the Jets are going to beat the Vegas Golden Knights, but that that's going to be a big question mark here. And I, as, as great as these lines have been over the last little while, I still have my doubts that that's going to be the lineup that ends the series against the Golden Knights. I do think at some point we do see a, a reshift down the middle with this team but yeah I, I don't I don't blame bones whatsoever going into game one with his line because it's what's gotten them here yeah I, I, here's the thing about that second line and I'm glad you brought this up because um I mean I, I can't say enough about N- what Nemetsnikov's done uh, no one expected him to be in the position that he has been but he has proven game after game of his ability to be effective you know, playing with top players like a Nikolai Ehlers, allowing him the time and space and getting him the puck to do what he does offensively. Um, but, you know, considering Nikolai Ehlers also not going to be up for any Selkie trophies anytime soon, um, I think he's had added a defensive conscience that, and, and it's such a smart player too, Brandon. I mean, man, he always seems to be in the right spot. Now, you know, offensively, will he be a catalyst of offense the way maybe a Mark Scheifele or Pierre-Luc Dubois has been playing that 2C role? Probably not. But to me, this is an opportunity, and let's just hope that Nikolai Ehlers is as close to 100% as possible. You know, we've all talked about how Nikolai Ehlers has been the most effective jet forward and all these numbers. This is a time to show it in the playoffs and in the postseason. And I got nothing but good things to say. When the things were really going bad, Ehlers was one of the guys that showed how much he cared. I mean, he made some strange decisions, including one that, you know, got him a few knuckle sandwiches from Braden Shen. But uh, I think that he is really ready for the playoffs. And, you know, he, of course, had that long stretch five years ago where he wasn't scoring. I think that sort of hung on him. I thought he was one of the Jets' best players in the St. Louis series. We remember what he did with the no fans in the bubble against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Listen, Nikolai Ehlers has the opportunity to be the guy on that line. I think he's playing with some guys that can basically hold it down in their own zone. Um, and I'll tell you what, if Ehlers does, if Ehlers plays the way that we know he can play, um, 
that that makes the Jets a very very dangerous hockey club. Yeah, yeah, he's he's probably the X factor up front in in all reality here. Because there's mean, a lot on his shoulders playing on that line, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, well, he's he's the driver. Like he's he's got to he's got to carry the line offensively. He's he's got to be the one, and he's got the talent to do it. You know, there, there's not too many wingers in the NHL that can, but he's a guy that can drive his own line in the top six there. And you know, Nemestikov's been been great since he came. Like he's been miles better than I think certainly I would have expected, and I think most Jets fans could have anticipated for but but Winnipeg does need Nikolai Ehlers to be be I can't even say at his best they need him to be maybe even a little bit above that you know to, to carry the two guys that are beside him there because you know if, if you kind of think Shifley Dubois versus Eichel is a bit of a wash you know Vegas does have the edge in depth both up front and on the back end here that's kind of the one spot that the Jets can look to and say you know what they don't have a Nikolai Ehlers after we wipe away their top guys like that, that's going to be the one piece that I think the Jets can lean on in terms of the skater group and say, if he's going, that that's going to be the piece that pushes up, pushes us up over the top here. So yeah, I, I, I would 100% agree with that. I think too, the, the concerns about his playoff performances, like you touched on there have been, if not all, you know, eliminated, but completely wiped out, right? Like he, He's had a few strong playoff runs in a row now, and I mean, don't forget the the overtime goal against the Edmonton Oilers as well, right? Like he's he's, he's better every year. He struggled. He yeah. had a terrible start. I think we would all agree on that, and that was you know probably a big factor in what happened to the team in the conference finals. But um, twenty nineteen, the Oilers series, um, he's been there. He showed up, and and I really think that some of the things that he showed when the team was really up against it lately. Um, you know, bodes very well for his possibility to be a real impact player and, and drive that line that, as you mentioned, a lot is on his shoulders because of the way that it's currently constructed. I want to get your thoughts on Vegas, and I'm just going to roll these lines out. This is what they looked like last night. Um, Eichel, Marcheseau, and Pavel Dorofayev, and I, I'll be honest, I'm not very familiar with him. I, hadn't, I don't believe he played when uh, the Jets were uh, playing them earlier this year. Uh, Mike Amadio, Carlson, and Riley Smith. Chandler Stevenson in the middle of Barbashev and Phil Kessel, which is interesting. Stevenson on a third line is sort of their Adam Lowry type guy, I would say. And Barbashev was a nice addition, very similar to Nito Niederreiter. Kind of funny, those two guys came yeah. in and they're both playing the left side of that third line. Um, and then Roy Howden and Kolasar. Now, of course, the one guy that I didn't mention is Mark Stone. And Mark Stone presumably coming back Ben, we'll see. I mean, there's no guarantees that Mark Stone is going to be vintage Mark Stone. He hasn't played in months. He's coming off back surgery. I mean, any Mark Stone will be a boost to the Vegas Golden Knights. But, I mean, if they if they don't have vintage 100% Mark Stone, which I don't think is going to be, uh, going to be there, I mean, I'm not sure you give a massive advantage to the to the Vegas Golden Knights from 1 to 12 of the forward group, considering the way the Jets are playing right now going into next week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't, you, you just can't bank on it. Like, I don't know how anybody could say with confidence that Stone's going to come back, be a point of game, Selkie level <laughs> defensive winger, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I've seen in my, in my personal experience, I've seen enough guys come back from back surgeries and it's more, they're a hindrance than they are a help to the team. And I'll be pretty surprised if we see Stone anywhere close to, to his peak powers here. You know, I, I even look back to the end of last year where he was playing for the for the Knights down the stretch when they were trying to make the playoffs, and he was a shell of himself. It, it's I, I don't know. I, this isn't 
to me, this is not a Kucherov situation, you know, where he's been practicing with the team for uh, a couple of it's weeks. It's not at all. It's I mean, not at yeah. all. I, I think I think it's basically just a rush to try to get him into the lineup and have him play 10 minutes. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just I'd be shocked if he's playing anything more than 15, 16 minutes a night. And I, I just don't think he's going to be all that effective. But it's a really bizarre matchup in the sense that the team with the most high end talent is the team with the last playoff spot in the conference. I, I can't remember the last time we've seen a number one seed come in that is basically rolling out depth on all four lines, but outside of Jack Eichel is really lacking two, maybe even three high quality pieces. And we've seen come playoff time that, you know, every we, we do talk about depth and depth is depth is important in terms of going deep into postseasons. But high in talent, man, that, that wins out time and time and time again. And I think it bodes extremely well for the Winnipeg Jets that they clearly have the edge in high end talent up front when you look at the Jets versus the Golden Knights forwards. Doesn't equal a, a series victory. But I think it does start to tilt. The more you look at this matchup, the more things do kind of tilt a little bit into Winnipeg's favor here and there. Kind of like, well, are they really the underdogs in this? Right? Like, I, I know, <laughs> oh, I know over end- the course of the season it was different. But at, at, at this moment, I'm, I'm not so sure. By the end of the show, I'll be uh, convincing myself of Jets in five or something. Yeah. Like this with, these, <laughs> with these conversations. Uh, all kidding aside, though, um, there is a lot of reasons to like the Winnipeg Jets and know that they are going to be a really, really tough test for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's talk about the blue line. Um, you know, this group was put together and kept together with the thoughts of the playoffs, some veteran defensemen that weren't there before two years ago. We remember the ads of Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon, and, you know, the results have been up and down, I think it's safe to say, throughout this year. At times, they've looked really good. At times, not so much. To me, the most key player of the whole thing is Neil Pionk. I mean, Pionk plays big minutes for Rick Bonus and has pretty much all season long and struggled horribly at times. Um, And he's been the first one to admit that. Rick Bonus talked about it. He's looked like a different player in the last month or so, Brandon, and they certainly needed that. I think it's been a huge part of the success that they've had with their season on the line. Um, and if Pionk is playing at the level that we've seen recently as opposed to the one that was you know, very turnover-prone pro- and making mistakes that often ended up in the back of their net, guys like Brandon Dillon are built for this time of the year. And, of course, the season that Josh Morrissey has had, I mean, he put a statement out early continued to play well throughout the entire year, although maybe had a bit of a dip along with the team, you know, mid to late season. But I'll say this, I mean, I still give the Vegas Golden Knights a nod with their top defensemen and probably one to six. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot closer today when we're making those comparisons than if you'd asked me the same question a month ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I, I would agree that, you know, Pionk was kind of the whipping boy for for a large chunk of the season. And specifically, like you said, over the last few weeks, you know, I'm watching the games and as they go on there and you're kind of expecting something bad to happen. And then it's, oh, wow, that was a nice little play. Oh, here's another nice play. And it just kind of keeps building and building. He's been it's been really, really strong for the team. And they let's face it, if he's not, I don't know how much of a chance they have. Like they, they kind of desperately need him to be as playing as well as he has over the last little while to take down a Golden Knights team. And that that to me. You know, if you're talking about how how Vegas can win this series, their biggest advantage is going to be how effective their forecheck can be against the Jets' decor. 
we've seen time and time again, and we, we've seen it against the Knights this season, when the Jets get in trouble, they can't break out of their own end, and they're turning pucks over, and they get hemmed in, and then it's shift after shift, and eventually the dam starts to break there. Vegas is an extremely strong forechecking team, and they get in on the body, and they take the body, and they get the puck right back, and then it's, you know, it's nothing too pretty, but it's really, really effective against teams that, that struggle sometimes and moving the puck out of their own end so that that to me is going to be the big matchup here and and it, it might quite frankly come down to that second pair of Pionk and Dylan if they can be a net positive for the team they're going to be looking pretty good and and the other aspect of that too which you know I I know nobody really wants to talk about or bring up a whole lot you know Ehlers has has the big injury concern right now but Morrissey took a pretty innocuous hit late in that game against Minnesota I think it was Boldy that just kind of ran him into the boards and he he didn't get up too well. It, it took a while to get to the bench and I you just you wonder how he's going to play and I like I'm not worried about him not suiting up but it's just if he takes a handful of big shots each game by the end of the series how how close to 100% and how effective is is Josh Morrissey going to be? I think that's kind of a an interesting subplot that might be a lot more decisive in terms of the series outcome than a lot of us might anticipate. But if that's going to be the case, you need Neil Pionk to be a difference maker for this team in a positive sense. And yeah, he's, he's turned his game around. He's been great. I think you feel pretty good about the third pair as well for the jets. They're not going to be as effective as Vegas is, but it, it really does come down to, you know, what, what second pair do we get in this one? Is it first half Pionk and Dylan, or is it second half Pionk Dylan? Hey, he, um, this is and listen, hopefully this is completely irrelevant because it doesn't happen. But if if the Jets lose a defenseman at some point, if there's a guy that can't make it in, who do you think's the seventh defenseman? Who's the next guy in? Is it Stanley? Or might it be Capo Bianco? I mean, I I, you're, I think you're asking me two different questions. I think who I and Jets fans would want to see would be Capo Bianco. I think if you're going by level of play this year, you would say Capabianco. But if you're asking me who the Jets would turn to, I, I think it would be Logan Stanley, just because they've done that in the past. Is it because of the opponent, or is it more because... Uh, because uh, Listen, the last time he was out, I, I think it might have actually been in that previous Minnesota game. I'm not sure that he played after uh, the incident with Kaprizov, and they've rolled with these guys going forward. Of course, he got in last night, as did Capabianco. Um but I and and if we talked about this a couple months, I'd be like, oh, well, of course it's yeah. going to be Logan Stanley. I, I don't know why I just still have this feeling that I think the more Capobianco played and held his own the way that he did, and obviously Stanley had you know some struggles, and you know we talk about mistakes and you know moving the puck, um, you know puck management, if you will. I mean that that's sort of been his Achilles heel. I'm not I'm not entirely as convinced as I was in the past it would have automatically been Stanley if they do need to call on one of the guys outside the top six. Yeah, I mean for for me it's Capabianco. I uh, he's each time he's gone in, he's gotten better and better somehow. And I, I, I on top of that too, I think I just think Logan Stanley's gonna struggle with the pace of play. I, I think he struggles during the regular season. Um when it gets, you know, anteed up a fair bit and, and when well, Vegas when is coming at you. That's when mistakes happen. And I yeah, I, I I just I have a lot more faith in Capabianco not delivering a backbreaker than, you know, Logan Stanley getting the puck on his stick inside the Jets and trying to make a play and, and something bad happening there. So I would lean Capabianco. I'd be really surprised if the Jets didn't go with Stanley in case of an injury. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon Rowicki is with us. Make sure to check out Skates and Plates uh, wherever you get your favorite podcasts heading into the postseason. Let's get down to uh, the goaltending. <laughs> what, I mean, this is such a juicy matchup. I, you know, like two months ago, maybe a little bit more, Lauren Brassois was basically playing for the Henderson Silver Knights, and there were question marks as to whether he was even in the plans at all for Vegas. They had Logan Thompson, who was their guy. They had Aiden Hill. They acquired Jonathan Quick. And yet here we are, Brandon, going into a matchup, which very well could be the uh, old one versus two teammate battle between Loren Brassois and Connor Hellebuck. Um, I think everyone knows how good Hellebuck is. Brassois has been great. I believe his record going into last night was 6-0-3. So, you know, without a regulation loss in 10 games, still just 10 games, not a big sample size, certainly doesn't have the experience how much of an advantage, in your opinion, do the Winnipeg Jets have when it comes to the most important position on the ice come playoff hockey, and that's the guy in the pipes? I think this is the biggest mismatch in the entire first round of the NHL playoffs. This is, it cannot be understated how massive the gulf is between Connor Hellebuck and, and really whoever suits up between the pipes for the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, this... Goaltending is always an X factor. There's no doubt about that. And we've we've seen we've seen goalies, you know, on the lower end of the scale come out and deliver high-end postseason performances in the past. But this is such an overwhelmingly decisive victory in in favor of the Winnipeg Jets here that I, it just it really it really gives me a hard time not picking Winnipeg because of this. And you throw into there's there's two things that come into this as well. One is just that. I mean, whether it's Brassois, whether it's Quick, who, who's played better since he he came over to Vegas, but kind of looked, you know, over the hill throughout the course of this entire season. I, I mean, Thompson, to me, is the best goalie that, that Vegas has. But, you know, whoever it is between the pipes here, we, we've seen the Knights goaltenders throughout the year give up the occasional softy. And maybe not even all that occasional. It's, it's happened pretty, pretty consistently for them. So I think that bodes well in the, in the Jets' favor that, you know, they're, they're not going to get goalie ala james reimer you you would imagine in this matchup against vegas but the golden knights for a few playoffs now i know it's not the exact same team but the golden knights have had a really awful time finishing their chances in the postseason they've done a really good job at winning the shot clock battle i imagine that they to a degree overwhelmingly win the uh the shot battle in this series as well i think territorially we're going to see vegas um, spent a lot more time in Winnipeg's end than than vice versa. But there, I think, is a decent amount of concern in terms of the finishing ability for the Golden Knights forwards. And when you have a goalie like Connor Hellebuck who can come in, and when your forwards are fired on all cylinders, he can come in and steal a series. If, if Vegas gets off to a slow start offensively in, in games one and two specifically, that's going to plant a major, major seed of doubt in, into that club's ability to score goals as this series gets deeper and deeper here. And we know playoff hockey tightens up considerably, becomes even more difficult to generate high-quality chances here. It's it, It's got to be hard to ignore, even when you talk about the discrepancy in points between the two teams this season, how massive the advantage leans in Winnipeg's favor here. It, it, it It's just... To, to me, it's, I think, an insurmountable edge in terms of uh, Connor Hellebuck for the Jets and then at least to start Laurent Brassois for the Knights. 
Hey, uh, Brandon, you got a couple more minutes. I, I want to talk uh, about the uh, Eastern series. Like, uh, you're, you're up against it at all, or uh, you hang around for a I, second? I can do five minutes. Excellent, excellent. Listen, um, I, I just let's get to it right away. Um, we're going to find out what the other matchups are in the West. We do know it'll be Edmonton and L.A. Um, but I'll ask you, Edmonton, L.A., as well as the matchups in the East. We've got Boston and Florida. Um was it Carolina and the Islanders Carolina and the Islanders. And then of course, Jersey going up against the Rangers, which is going to be a really interesting one. And then of course the Leafs and Tampa Uh, of those five series outside that we know right now, outside of the jets, uh, is there a, uh, is there an upset in the making? I mean, is there one team that you think might be, the friskiest underdog, much to use a coin. We've been talking about the uh, term. We've been talking about the Winnipeg Jets going up against Vegas. You know, it's there, there's no logical reason for this, but would you would you not say the Panthers? Huh. And the reason I say that is literally every team in the last twenty or so years that has a legendary regular season flames out in the first round. Like I, I don't, I don't know why. But it's it's is that not really difficult to ignore in this? And you just you you wonder like when you have a season like Boston has this year, and the season that Tampa had four or five years ago, and the season that the Red Wings I think it was like oh four or oh somewhere around there that they had. When you get so many things that go right over the course of the regular season, you like you almost wonder are you due for a bad break or two? Are you due for a a two or a three game losing skit. So I like, I've got my eye on that Bruins Panthers series. I mean, Boston is better than Florida in every category imaginable, but we've just seen too many teams in the Bruins path before find a way to lose. So I, I I'm, I'm really, really intrigued to see if the Panthers can do something similar to the blue jackets and, and to the ducks from a few years ago as well. And then I don't, I mean, is, is Toronto's got ten more points than Tampa? Do you can are, are they underdogs in that series? I don't I don't know. Um, they're, they're they're historical underdogs just because yeah. they're they're playing going up against their themselves. own history and that. <laughs> but I mean, based on this season, they certainly are. Just before we get to that, Jack Han, who we've had on the program, former assistant coach with the Leafs, that does some really neat analysis, throughout this a little earlier today. Upset alert. I think the Florida Panthers are a bad matchup for the Bruins in round one. <laughs> And he just threw out a, a big series preview, breaking it all down on his site over at Hockey Tactics. And when you look at the five-on-five uh, five offense creation and context graph chart, the Florida Panthers are way up on the right side. I mean, they were losing a ton of games, much like Calgary this year, where they'd outshoot teams by 12, by 15, and not win. Um, well, they've gotten themselves in, and uh, I kind of agree that Florida, put it this way, I think that's going to be a series. I think it goes six. Yeah. I think it goes seven games. I mean, obviously, you'd think that Boston is a better team, and they probably do win, um, but you're right. History tells us don't consider it a lock for those teams. Um, but let's just quickly look at uh, just your thoughts on the 2-3 the series. Tampa and Toronto Jersey and the Rangers, and then L.A. and Edmonton over on this side before we find out what's up with the uh, Central Division. Yeah, so out west, I think Edmonton's the second-best team in hockey right now. Um, so, I mean, it, that's a it's a tough matchup for them in round one. L.A.'s going to give them a hell of a battle, too, I think. Not going to be surprised if that one goes seven. 
But I'll, yeah, I, I really, really like the makeup of the Oilers right now. So I'll, I'll take Edmonton in that one. I like the Rangers makeup as well. I, I, I really, I mean, they, they went deep last year. And I think this is a team that's going to elevate a little bit come playoff time as well. Um, the intriguing part for them is going to be, do they get, you know, vintage Patty Kane or do they get, you know, I don't contribute anything defensively, Patrick Kane in, in the playoffs. But I I, I kind of like that matchup for the Rangers in the sense that you get a young and up, up and coming team in their first taste of playoff action. And usually we see that team falter in year one and then figure it out a little bit later. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Rangers in that one. And then Leafs Lightning. You know, I, I I said earlier this season that I would forever remit myself from from picking the Leafs to win a series ever again. Um, that you know, I've just fallen for them too many times. It's the same group. No reason to believe in them. I like I just I've been fooled, fooled, fooled. So it's time for me to just step away from that. Having said that, I love the Leafs in this series. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't do it. I'm right back at it. I tried. I, I was good for like, I was good for five months, but I, I think that one is almost more so a pick against Tampa than it is a pick for Toronto. I, I just, I think the, I think the bolts are leaking oil right now. And it's just, it's been so much hockey for them for so long. You have the loss of Palat. I think the loss of McDonough is going to be massive for them. And we haven't seen Hedman play to his level just yet so far this season. Vasilevsky, to an extent, I mean, he's, he's been really good. They're going to need him to be superhuman in that series. I, I, I just wonder if, you know, at, at some point it becomes too much, right? Like we've seen dynastic teams in the past, like, you know, you go deep, you go deep, you go deep. And then one year it just falls apart and you, and you, and you, you flame out early. And I think, I think this is the year that we do see Tampa Bay fall apart. And I I will, since I'm going back to the well, I might as well go all in. I'm not going to dip my toe and I'll do a cannonball dive for that series. And I'll say the Leafs in five. That Toronto is even good. They, they'll worry about a game six and a game seven in their next round matchup. But I, <laughs> and I'll say this too, if it goes to a game six, I love Tampa's chances in that series. But I, I think Toronto is, I think Toronto is going to be ready to go here. And I think we see them. I'll, I'll regret saying this. I think we'll see them take care of business early against Tampa. It's hilarious being out here right now and talking to uh, some friends that are big-time Leaf fans. And, you know, we're at the Jays game, yeah. and it's all pumped about the Blue Jays. And obviously the Raptors are done right now. And then you get talking about, so how are you guys feeling about the series? And it's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, they're just... <laughs> You're not even excited. <laughs> oh, no, it is just there is a sense of feeling of impending doom. And I get it. I get it. Year after year after year, um, I do think they have what it takes to get the win. But you know whether they can put it all together, and you know, of course, goaltending is a huge, huge factor in that series. And you know, you, when you've got my, my, par- partly for the reason why I kind of like the Rangers over the Devils. I mean, Shesterkin's just yeah. you know just yeah. that much better. When we get to the playoffs, <clears throat> I'd certainly rather have Vasilevsky than anybody in the Leafs net. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would say that's um, that's in the the non hot take department there, um, and and that's another interesting part for me in that Toronto series is a, a guy that I feel like kind of skates away from criticism a whole lot. But you, know, you talk about what Hedman does year in year out in the playoffs, and the Leafs have a really deep defense. But like at, at some point, is Morgan Riley gonna you know step up and? And have himself a series and show that he's a number one defenseman. That that to me is really the the big time potential missing piece in, in the Maple Leafs lineup. But I do think as well on that series, 
that we see the addition of Ryan O'Reilly pay off in a huge way. I, I think he's going to have a bit of a vintage performance for, for Toronto for at least one round. Hey, uh, just before we go, and thanks again. This is a real fun conversation. Cannot wait for next week. Uh, what do you got cooking on skates and plates as we get ready for game one of the postseason next week? Yeah, playoff preview episode coming out on Monday morning, I believe. Yeah, so, so we'll have that out Monday morning. And then potential playoff recaps after each game. We'll Beautiful. see what time that first one is. <laughs> we'll, we'll, make a, we'll make an executive decision on that. Um, the games are going to be late, late, late. Yeah. But, however, as a guy that had to hang around uh, at a bar top last night for a 10.30 p.m. start, uh, yeah. it, uh, it made me so thankful to be in the central time That's zone. Fair, yeah, yeah. Th- that is a grind, man, you know, get, get these games. I mean, it basically ended after 1 in the morning. Um, but I have a feeling we're going to be seeing some 8.30 starts uh, on home ice, and I think that's going to do wonders. It'll be great for downtown businesses, and it'll be great for the, uh, let's just say I think Jet fans are going to be extra ready for those games if we do get the uh, get the late start. Brandon, listen, great conversation. Have a great weekend, and we'll look forward to catching up next week and talking Jets, Vegas, Golden Knights in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, let's talk a 1-0 series lead for Winnipeg on Thursday. How does that sound? (laughs) Book that, dude. Book it. There's Brandon Rowicki. Make sure you're following and uh, subscribing to Skates and Plates for more on the Winnipeg Jets wherever you get your favorite podcast material. Speaking of subscribing, huge, huge turnout today. Thanks to everyone that's joining us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button. Just hit 9,000. Thanks to everyone that continues to support us and join us daily on YouTube and on the podcast. Um, And if you got some friends maybe that are getting into the Jets or now all of a sudden wanting more and more on the series, let them know where they can find us, both on audio podcast and right here on the YouTube channel, and hit that sub button. All right, we're going to get Remus back in here. I want to get his thoughts on some big news in the National Hockey League today. Um, but just before we do that, of course, our friends at Princess Auto uh, having just a great time. We're just beside me, actually. We've got um, Reed Carruthers and Brad Jacobs and Derek Smogalski from the uh, Team Carruthers here. They're, of course, the Princess Auto team and Team Jennifer Jones hanging around competing in the event. We're just about to get going with the third uh, the uh, third draw of the day as we get down to crunch time here at the uh, Princess Auto Players Championship on the Curling Tour. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Curling from Coast to Coast and Winnipeg Sports Talk and Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Our friends at Consolidated Supply are ready for next week, and uh, man, Thursday is going to be a fun day because it's their big grand opening at 1395 Diaqua Road East. Pop down and see our pals, <clears throat> Buck and Joe and Spicy, and check out everything they've got going on there. The leaders in irrigation services and systems for golf courses, but also for your property. Um, they have an incredible array of artificial turf properties. You want to get that dream putting green in the backyard. They're also the club car dealers, so if you have a need for a golf cart, either new or used, they can certainly help you out with that. And uh, while we're talking about, you know, irrigation things for your backyard, how about a hot tub? How about a beautiful outdoor kitchen? They've got it all at Consolidated Supply. Remo and I will be down there in the afternoon, 2 to 8 p.m., leading right into Game 2 
of the playoffs. Again, 1395 Niagara Road East. You can find out more online at cte.ca. Have you got your whites yet, folks? Pop on down to Royal Sports, Manitoba's number one sports superstore, and get your whites ready for next week. The biggest and best selection of licensed team gear around, including thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, Bombers, NHL, NFL, and tons of new MLB gear and Jays gear just in time for the start of the season. Spring stocks arriving daily, soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, and more. Huge selection of bikes. It's all there at 750 Pemina Highway. And you can follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. And our friends at BP are ready for the playoffs. The whiteout is on at Boston Pizza. More TVs, ice cold draft, and BP's delicious new playoff menu. Try the mouth-watering new winged ribs, tender crisp, and tossed in your favorite sauce. And the consensus number one overall pickle. The new deep-fried pickle wedges served with Cool Ranch dip. You can wash it all down with the new beer mosa as well. Watch every game, spin the BP prize wheel, and enter to win tickets to a playoff home game. WST fans can enter in the chat and tell us their favorite BP menu item and be entered to win a Boston Pizza gift certificate. We're going to be doing that next week. And uh, in fact, well, maybe at the end, maybe what we'll do is for all of you that are hanging around for the marble race, we'll get somebody hooked up with a $25 Boston Pizza gift certificate as well when we uh, when we uh, drop the marbles coming up in a few minutes. Anyways, BP, we all know, best place to watch the game if you're not at the game. Although, we do have Winnipeg Whiteout parties, and we're going to talk about that right away. Let's get Remus coming in here. And Remo, I got to tell you, Billick coming on today, he was positive about the series. Great conversation with Brandon Rewicki. I said by the end of this show, I might be talking Jets in five. I was joking a little bit, but... Um, you know, the more and more we break it down and talk about it, this is going to be a hell of a series that the Winnipeg Jets absolutely have a chance to win. It's funny. I noticed that concession stand behind you uh, just open. So this is a great visual for us here on YouTube. So podcast listeners are going to have to check this out. It was closed to start the show. And now I'm like, want to see you like go up and like order something and, well, you and go get a hot dog. Do yeah, another go, my, my famous poutine hot dog I'm gonna review. Do a, I'll just do. I, I can do a Maple Leaf Gardens hot dog review. Let's you know, let's see what they have. Yeah, maybe I'll think, do that when we get into the. Uh, oh, they got can nachos? I read the thing from there? I can't read it. I just see prices. hot. What food. do we have here? We've got pizza slices. We've got a beef patty, which I will imagine is sort of like a Jamaican <laughs> patty. Hot dogs, pretzels, nachos and cheese. Big nachos guy. A few combos and uh, beers, everything else that, uh, you'd, uh, that you'd want at a, a venue like this. This actually is um, the home rink for what used to be Ryerson. Now it's called Toronto Metropolitan University. And, of course, today uh, and this week, it is the home of the uh, Princess Auto Players Championship, which is featuring some of the top curling teams in the world in the uh, second last event on the Grand Slam calendar. So we'll get to all of that in a minute. But Reem, um, as I said, we, you know, we've talked a lot about the Jets and we will be obsessing over this series for the next little while. Um, but what about the rest of the playoffs? I kind of hit Brandon with that. I mean, the series in the East, I mean, you got any leans yet? I know, by the way, the bracket pool's up and check out Twitter if you want to enter our uh, our bracket challenge. You don't need to give away all your picks, but 
you have a, a lean or two on uh, maybe a bit of an upset, or is there a, a team or two? I mean, they're very, very close series, especially in the two threes um, that you feel strongly about picking. I'll say, first of all, I'll say this with the Jets, and uh, someone said they didn't like my vibes because I was like, yeah, I could see the Jets pushing this one to six games. You look at Money Puck, who's got all the analytics of, of the underdog. Um, they have the Jets as the best probability to advance. Uh, Money Puck basically has this as a coin flip. The probability to advance to the second round, they have the Jets 49.8%, and Vegas at 50.2%. So these teams... Um, very evenly matched, and who uh, you know, I, we mentioned the numbers, uh, uh, power play, and you know, goals for, goals against per game, all that. Very, very even, despite Vegas being at the top of the conference. And someone posted their record, like since the All Star break. I was shocked at how good it was. So I think this will be very even, and maybe it will be very similar to the Jet series against Anaheim from their earlier left where every game was extremely tight but it yes ended and i made the joke ended a sweep and you said oh i didn't know the jets aren't taking it in in four games that was a good one as yeah, far I as wasn't other even series, igno- i wasn't even acknowledging yeah. your possibility of <laughs> potentially uh it being quick i don't think this is going to be a quick series I and mean, i think this is going to go six games or seven games i think the path for winnipeg to win probably is in six um, to win it at home, I think yeah. winning in Vegas in Game Seven probably is uh, is tough. But again, it, it has happened before. I mean, to me, it's all about getting a win in Vegas in the first two games, coming back, feeding off the energy of the whiteout and the Winnipeg crowd, and trying to get up three one. And then you know you've got a shot to do it in Vegas, but most likely coming back at home in a Game Six clinch situation and uh, and try to get that done. That being said, it wouldn't at all surprise me if this one goes seven, and I'm sure it wouldn't surprise the money puck people, which basically has this as a pick'em. As, hey, as far as bracket challenge, um, we did make a NHL.com bracket challenge. People like doing that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a fantasy thing after the show. We'll tweet it out, and if you were in our masters pool, I think it'll email you. But go in the description of this video, like you know, scroll down. The link to our bracket challenge is in there. And funny story, guys, I tried making a bracket challenge. I wanted to call it Winnipeg Sports Talk Group because that's what we are. <laughs> but I got an alert from NHL.com that it says inappropriate words and phrases are not allowed. So I don't know if the NHL hates Winnipeg or what. Are we banned? Are we banned by, uh, li- by the NHL? What? Our, uh, we have beef with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly or something? What's going on? Yeah, our league name is uh, Sports Talk WPG. That's our social handles. But you can't make a bra- actually make a a picks right now because we don't know the bracket. There is still one more game, uh, Nashville and Colorado. And thankfully, I know I was watching the games last night. I was like, thank God. Like, thankfully, the Jets were able to win that game against Minnesota because the Wild played Nashville last night and they didn't dress anyone. And I and Nashville did win. And imagine having to. Like sweat out this if the Jets did lose. Now they would. The Jets probably would have sent a different lineup yesterday instead of the uh, you know the preseason lineup. However, uh, thankfully the Jets were able to wrap it up. And so the one K, okay, the one series, I was f- fully on board to pick Edmonton to go to the Stanley Cup final. They are the hottest team in the second half. They acquired Matthias Ekholm and they've been so good. However, their fr- I think this is their worst first-round matchup for them. The LA Kings, who they played last year, went to seven games. Um, 
And LA, I think, is better um, than last year. Uh, oh, the signing of Kevin Fiala, um, Phil Deneau, they have as well. If there's any team that, that can shut down, and I watched a lot of their games this season, LA brings this physical play um, that I don't know if Edmonton is going to be ready for. And I know it ramps up in the playoffs. They don't call a lot of penalties. I think LA is going to be, I'm expecting another seven game series. Um, the one well, thing in goal. Just on, yeah. I was saying, just on, on LA, I mean, you sort of laid this out, but I mean, I think of the game that the Jets played in LA just a couple of weeks ago and you get down on LA. Yeah. I mean, they basically, they're, they're not far. I can't remember who we were talking to yesterday. I think it was Meany who was saying, I mean, they basically don't forecheck. They sit there and dare you to try to take their zone with three guys across the way, one guy running around. And, I mean, they just comfortably handled the Jets once they had that lead in that game then. And, I mean, listen, easier said than done against Connor McDavid. That's probably the biggest test in the year. But if there is a team that is built and set up to do that, especially with the addition of Corpy and Nett, um, I, I'm sort of with you. Like, I, I, I Listen, I think I'll still pick Edmonton, but... I uh, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk like most people, like many people, I'm sure, probably think with the way the Oilers played in the last few months of the year. I was on the Kings last year, and um, that's who I, I picked, and they took it to seven. I mean, it was really, really close, that series. I think it's going to be close again. I, I, you know, I saw that matchup. I was like, ooh, man, that's, I don't think that's good. I think they can play Edmonton tough. A lot of their regular season games, L.A. Um, really brought the physical play hard in the corners, and I don't know if Edmonton... Um, we'll see how their style works in the playoffs. And remember, they had all those a lot of the same guys when they played the Jets in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And you know, and a lot of that was Connor Hellebuck uh, outplaying the Oilers goalie. And the Oilers goalie uh, Skinner is going to be better than Mike Smith was, but uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'm not sure uh, how it's going to go. The other series, you know, I'm looking at um, Money Puck. They have uh, New Jersey at a big, big favorite over. The Rangers and New Jersey's been a high flying team, high offense. I'm curious how they're going to go. They're kind of inexperienced and young, up and coming against the Rangers, who've been there before, who made the big um, deadline acquisitions and getting Patrick Kane and getting Vlad Tarasenko. And, and the Rangers have the better goal. I know Shesterkin hasn't had the season he's had last year, um, but that series very interesting. Um, I don't know. If, we'll have to wait and see what the other series are in the Central Division. We're wait, still waiting on that game tonight to see if Colorado gets first. I mean, I don't really know if I would give Seattle much of a chance uh, if they were, you know, if it was Colorado. Big news out of Colorado, though. Landeskog, yeah. um, not not coming back. Basically, he's missed the entire season, will not return for the playoffs. So that is a uh, that is certainly a, a, a big hit for Colorado. I think that they would prefer to, well, in fact, I know they would prefer to play the Seattle Kraken. No yeah. disrespect to Seattle. They had a great season, but I think we saw that the Minnesota Wild win or lose are going to get their pound of flesh against whoever they play in that first round. Um, I, I would love, I, I hope Colorado wins this game tonight because I think a Colorado-Seattle series would be good. You've got some late games there. But I'll tell you what, Dallas-Minnesota, those are two ornery teams, teams that don't like each other. Peter DeBoer, Dean Edison. I think that would be a, that'd be a fun one to watch for fans without any skin in the game. And after what happened this week, I will be cheering for the Stars or whoever is playing the Minnesota Wild in the first round of the playoffs. And in Dallas, we talked about them yesterday. Um, they're going on the playoffs on a high note. Huss, uh, Jason Robertson, 
I mean, this guy's got a 100-point season, most of a, a Dallas star player ever. Um, you know, they took Calgary to seven games last year when Rick Bonus was the coach. Jay Gottinger, very solid. But look, here's this is Dallas. You're talking about coming in hot, 8-2 and two in their last 10. And Colorado needs to win to pass them. Uh, and I think Colorado will tonight, and they'll get to play Seattle. It's kind of funny. You know, everyone's joking how Winnipeg is going to be in the Pacific Division bracket and Seattle is in the Central Division bracket. I mean, people are asking us to comment on it. And I was like, look, the NHL playoffs makes no sense as it is with this bracket style instead of just going one, one versus eight. So, I mean, it's just another, it, it, another for thing. For the Jets, it doesn't matter. If it was one versus eight, the Jets would be playing Vegas anyways. So, um, you know, I mean, I guess I can just take a quick look. Like, I mean, if the conference, as far as the standings standings go, and just we'll focus on the... Uh, oh, you want to see, like, what it would be if it was one versus eight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just the standings as far as the conference. Here. In the East... It would be Boston yeah. and Florida. Well, that's wild. It like the wild be, cards are going to be the same. Carolina Islanders. Yeah, the only difference would be it would be Devils, Lightning, and Leafs, Rangers. And in the West, it would be Vegas against Winnipeg. It would be Edmonton against the Kraken. Yeah. It would be Colorado against Minnesota if they win tonight. Yeah. If they lose tonight, it would be Dallas, Minnesota, and then the other game would be Colorado I, and the Kings. I so think, the other series would change. It doesn't matter for the Winnipeg Jets. They would be going up against the number one team, and that's uh, that's the case that we have. Yeah. Well, I guess Colorado, if they win, they would be ahead of Edmonton. They'd have, uh, they would have the extra, or would they? I guess no, it's they, regulation. No, they don't have the tiebreaker. They don't have so the tiebreaker. get. I think Edmonton's getting hosed here with this tough LA. LA matchup. Someone gets hosed every year. Yeah, you're right. You're with this right. Format, and so that's why I think LA is going to be tight. Um, but it's creating but, rivalries. Remember, Commissioner tells us every year. Yeah, this it's is how you create ri- ri- rivalries. Um, now, uh, I guess are we going to do some marbles? You want to get that open? Sure. Uh, well, do you want to talk about the? Uh, they had the big press conference over the White Oak well, yeah. Street. I just party. figured get it open and we okay. can talk about that yeah. while people uh, while people enter. Uh, we will be doing marbles right away and. Uh, here you go, folks. We've got the hoodie for, and again, we should have those, I'm hoping, next week. So uh, if anyone's won in the last month or so or that hasn't been able to uh, get theirs yet with their sizing, hang tight. And um, I'll let you know when we have them. We'll kind of maybe do one or two pickup days or uh, maybe I'll run down to a BP or whatever with a bunch of them. People can pop by and pick them up and say hi. Um, but, yes, exclamation mark marbles in the chat. Not, Look not the, yet. Uh, com- I, I haven't oh, okay. opened it yet. For people okay, putting sorry. it in now, it's not going to count. So give me a second. Oh, yes. Okay. Hang tight until you see the uh, StreamYard thing say we are about to do a uh, about to do a marble race. Um, and while Remus gets that, we are going to talk about the White Oak parties. There is playoff hockey tonight. Um, if you can't wait to see uh, the playoffs, great time to see the Winnipeg Ice. Now, the Ice did announce about three hours ago that there are no more seats for game one tonight against the Moose Jaw Warriors. But get to, and maybe the easiest thing is just to go to their website. Um, they do have general admission ticket options. There's a uh, Fort Gary Brewing general admission as well as skip the box office line. All the information is at the Ice website. If you don't have tickets for tonight, get out there tomorrow. Games one and two here in Winnipeg. Ice after that sweep in the first round. 
Moose Jaw also swept in the first round. And, you know, for all the domination that the Ice had this year, the one team that they didn't dominate was Moose Jaw. I believe it was a 3-3 season series between these two clubs. And Moose Jaw had a hell of a year as well. So this is going to be a phenomenal series uh, between two of the top teams in the Western Hockey League. Game one is tonight. Good luck to the Ice. And hopefully we'll be talking about a long playoff run that continues after a great start to round number two tonight at the Ice Cave. And I know we talked about this a little earlier. Moose did clinch earlier this week. Dominic Toninato, of course, got recalled for the Winnipeg Jets to play in last night's game. He has been returned to the Manitoba Moose. And uh, he'll look to uh, be one of the real leaders when the Moose begin the Calder Cup playoffs just a little later than the Stanley Cup playoffs is the Stanley Cup playoffs are beginning next week. I believe the Calder Cup playoffs will be the following week. Um, everything's open now, Reem? Yeah, so make sure you type it in now. There are people who typed in it. People get excited when you mention the word marbles. you got to yeah. be careful. It's like saying certain words in an airport. Uh, people get really, <laughs> really excited. So the moment you mention we were going to do a race... Like every, and so it just takes one person to type it, and then like, oh, oh, marbles is open. And no, we hadn't officially opened it, but it is open. We have 141 entries right now. Um, we have like five or 500 people in here. 500. Yeah, don't uh, forget to make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you're eligible to win the yeah. great prizes that we have. And as I said, our friends at Boston Pizza have um, said that we're gonna pop up something now. Normally, we maybe do something in the chat, but I considering today is. A uh, is a marbles day. Everyone in the chat is going in it. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Uh, first place will be the hoodie, our version of the green jacket, if you will. But we will have a $25 Boston Pizza gift card for second place. So um, get in there, and uh, first and second, we'll have winners uh, winners today on the program. All right. While people uh, sign up for that ream, let's get to the other big news of the day. And that, of course, was the return of the Winnipeg Whiteout Party's big announcement today. Uh, the mayor, the premier, um, you know, the uh, representatives of True North Sports and Entertainment, Economic Develop Winnipeg as well, announced details today of the uh, of the presser. And um, this is going to be great. I wasn't sure that this was going to happen again in the same way that it has been before, but it will be a ticketed event. Um, the main party will be $10, and it's going to be on Donald Street between Portage and Graham. Uh, they'll have the food trucks. It'll be fully licensed. They'll have the massive screens to watch the game. And what I do love about this is that of that $10 ticket price, half of the money is going to go to support downtown through United Way Winnipeg. And um, I won't get too much into it, but I mean, there is, if you've been downtown in and around the arena and some of the other areas, it's, uh, it's sad in a lot of spots. And, uh, and I hope that this can be something can both bring people downtown and also, um, you know, provide some important funds to um, help some people that are obviously suffering um, in, in our core area of the, of the city. So 10 bucks, for the street party, again, half of it goes to United Way Winnipeg for some of those services for our downtown. Um, and those events are going to be open two hours before the game. What's interesting, Remo, is that there's also going to be a secondary gathering, a $20 ticket for the party at the plaza over at the new True North Square. 
Um, that'll be a much smaller gathering, I imagine, but it's going to be open four hours before the game. People will be able to eat and drink and dine inside the Hargrave Street Market as well as enjoy the game outside. And that will be a much smaller event, but um, similar to the other one, uh, a little bit more expensive, but uh, two options for Jet fans if they want to take in the games in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah, they're going to have the uh, big screens there in that parking lot. Um, whereas the, where the 5,000 uh, person street party is, uh, Donald between Portage and Graham. And additionally, yeah, they're going to have it on the screens in True North Square for the other uh, party at the plaza, they're calling it. So I'm curious how this is going to go. Um, three parties, you know, the first year um, really got, I mean, more, more and more people than expected. They've capped it at 5,000. Sounds like there's not plans to make it bigger, but. Um, I'd like to see people show up and I mean the scenes of the street party on TV I mean uh, you see people posting highlights on Twitter of playoff goals they cut to the street and there's people there jumping up and down um, it was absolutely incredible and I hope we can, they can recreate some of that here uh, for this upcoming playoff run and it's going to be home games only uh, there's no plans people are asking are they going to you know they had viewing parties at the arena um, previously uh, it sounds like that that is not a uh, well. And the media games are going to be so late too. I mean, the yeah. road games are probably going to be starting at like nine o'clock. So um, I think there's also know, a concert to... uh, next week too on the Tuesday or the Thursday. So I don't think it's going to. Oh yeah, you're going would work anyways. But well, maybe as they go, go on. Concert. But yeah, but yeah, the time is not. I mean, I'm curious. You know, for the times, how it's going to be. We're going to find out the times. Has, uh, What's it called tonight after that first game where they announced the times for the rest of the week? Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's a possibility that well, I don't think they'll want to have, well, you know, with Edmonton, with Edmonton, Vegas, and Colorado all being home teams in the first round. Um, the one thing I think we can guarantee is Dallas will be playing in the early game. Uh, and then you know, potentially maybe early starts for something like in Colorado. But I think the teams on the West Coast, um, well, I guess Edmonton might be starting earlier, and they might try to do earlier games because then you can get McDavid on national TV in Canada a little earlier for the Eastern time zone. Yeah, we'll wait and see about about all the times. One thing I'm curious about um, for the Jets, we haven't seen, I just saw Carolina has, they put out a tweet saying what jerseys they were going to wear. And they've worn their, you know, they've worn black jerseys at home all year, but they announced they had these, like, retro, I guess retro for Carolina Hurricanes, their OG threads. They call them anniversary. And I wonder, you know, the Jets have worn the Heritage Blues a lot at home. You think they go with Heritage Blue for playoffs? Like, I haven't seen a distribution on, like, which jerseys they wore, but I wouldn't be shocked, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they went Heritage at home. I don't know how you're feeling. If, if, if it's, I mean, I guess you have to wear the darks if it was up to me. I'd throw the reverse retros back on on them. Yes. I mean, think think about they wore them 14 times all in the first half of the season. That's when they were running. I don't know what their record in the reverse retros is, but I'll bet it's I bet they had 10 or 11 wins in the 14 games they wore them on home ice. And certainly if it is going to be a uh it, a home games, I would love to see the Heritage jerseys. I would love to see them. And um as they say, I don't know how superstitious the, uh, the coaches are whether they even care. Um, but I do think I'm with you just kind of thinking back to the games that they won as of late. Um, there was a lot of nights where they were wearing the heritage jerseys and they're just so damn nice. I mean, 
I no uh, no disrespect to the regular unis, but I honestly think that those Jets heritage jerseys, the blue ones, are you know right there with the nicest unis in the entire National Hockey League. But uh, it's- I would love to see them wear white at home and wear those reverse retros that look so great and were so popular early on in the season leading into Christmas. I wonder if they could make an exception to wear white at home. It does look kind of strange where everyone is wearing. Um, all the fans are wearing the color of the visiting team. I wonder if they would. But you look at the way the Jets have done their whiteout shirts. You know, previously it was like, we are Winnipeg. And uh, one time it's spelled Winnipeg, one time it's spelled WPG. And they have, you know, their own marketing for it. But the shirts that they have this year kind of have a reverse retro feel. So I do wonder if they would. wear. And they won like every game wearing those jerseys too. Uh, they, haven't had, they haven't had an official announcement on what jerseys. But I want to see... Uh, if it, yeah, white reverse retro. I just didn't think that was possible. I just assumed it was going to be blue. Now, uh, one other thing. Speaking of blue, the um, one of the announcements today, as far as trying to get everyone in, this is whether you're in Winnipeg, this is where you're uh, out in the western part of the province, whether you're up in the north side, whether you're out in eastern Manitoba. Wear white for the games, but for businesses and homes and people that want to sort of show their support and get into that playoff feel. Um, blue lights. Um, so, um, and again, I've got more details over at the, uh, you know, in the announcement. If you want to go, it's all there on the uh, Jets website. They did broadcast it earlier today, but they're encouraging businesses and whatnot. I mean, white signs, blue lights to show support and uh, bring everyone together for what is going to be awesome. Man, just talking about this is getting me so fired up for next week. I cannot wait. Yeah, well, I'm, I got to, you know, I'm looking at what the schedule is going to be. I was like, man, we got to, Going to have to do a lot of work here coming up, and I'm super excited to do it. Love uh, coming here, talking about you know the Jets and what's going on in Winnipeg every day, and this is definitely a real exciting time and bringing back a lot of great memories of pla- of past uh, playoff appearances. And you know, it's funny, I'm seeing, seeing a lot of stuff written, like the Jets made the playoffs four years in a row. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily count the bubble versus Calgary as playoffs as kind of a play-in game, but the NHL... Does, but I just don't really count that year. Like, yeah, if, I mean, it, it was a shortened season. I mean, it was so. I mean, I, I understood why they did what they had to do. I mean, obviously, they weren't going yeah. out. And, and I mean, even still, think about that. I mean, Shifley got knocked out in the first game by Matthew Kachuk, and Pierre Luc Dubois was lost for that pretty much the entire season once he got here. Now, he's turned into the player that they hoped that he'd be, um, you know, in subsequent years, but he really wasn't a factor. And losing Mark Schleifley to injury in a best of five in that case was uh, was devastating. But who cares, really? It's all about 2023 right now. The Jets did make the playoffs. The Jets are back in it, and... Uh, our old pals, the Vegas Golden Knights, are coming to Winnipeg for us. And Reem, speaking of the playoffs, um, well, you get the uh, marbles ready. I need to give a shout-out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Uh, you know what goes great with playoff hockey? Beer. And uh, if you're getting together with for your friends and you want to stock up for the playoffs, may I suggest the new generic lager from our friends over at Little Brown Jug. It's your basic lager, just better and standard in the best way light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and a crisp finish now manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've loved to they've come to expect with the light beer available in eight packs or by the can in the tap room down on william avenue or through vendors and look for it as well at manitoba liquor marts uh, 
Well, thankfully, the Winnipeg Jets have no tee times made. Predators, they're golfing. Calgary Flames, they're definitely golfing. And we will be golfing very soon at Breezy Bend Country Club as uh, if Mother Nature uh, kind of helps push this thing along. Uh, what I can tell you is Breezy is one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. Great men's, ladies, and junior programs, a great social scene. Breezy, is the, Breezy Bend's the perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family. Find out more at breezybend.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call for more information about becoming a member. And much like the golf, it's not quite fishing time yet, but, man, it will be later on this season. Cannot wait to get out to Aikens Lake to see Pitt, Julie, Pat, our great friends there for my favorite three or four days of the year. They are still have they do have some room left. They're over 85% booked for the season. But if you're thinking about a friends and family getaway or potentially a great, unique, one-of-a-kind corporate outing, Aikens Lake is the spot for it. Find out more at akinslake.ca. And any university students looking to uh, spend your summer in paradise working, I know Pitt's looking for a couple more guides and servers. Find out more. Send a resume to pitt at akinslake.com. All right, Remo. Well, I got to say, it's uh, just about marbles time on a little Friday afternoon. We've got the afternoon draw underway here at the uh, Mattamy Athletic Center at the Grand Slam of Curling with our friends at Princess Auto. We just had Reed Carruthers and Brad Jacobs and the guys do a signing. The fans are back in here. But uh, it's not the weekend yet on Winnipeg Sports Talk until we... Uh, we have some marbles, and we can't do marbles until we play Tristan Rivers' music with his highly popular, world-famous and renowned Marbles WST theme song. Yeah, any preference? You know what? I'll, I actually, I'm going to pick the marble song. Yeah, you're the, today, uh, you're the, you're the I don't DJ. need to. I have a good reason for picking one. Uh, I'm going to make sure you can hear it and everyone else can hear it. I don't want to have any more technical difficulties today. We got off to a <laughs> yeah, rocky start. We got those start. done at the beginning of the show. We got off to a rocky start, and I still haven't emotionally recovered from that. It's been a difficult show. I've had to battle through a lot of adversity here. But just we like made it Jets, come together. Just like the Jets this season. We're coming out. Or we're saving our best for last. Yeah, man, I'm still very rattled about that. So anyways, I'll shut up, and uh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a little metal for a Friday afternoon, getting us ready for uh, the playoffs. There'll be lots of metal in buildings around the National Hockey with the playoffs. And, uh, hey, don't forget, tonight, tonight and tomorrow, <clears throat> ice playoffs beginning down at the Ice Cave. Um, right on. How many marbles in for today? I got to close entries. And people asking us, I said I was rattled from the technical difficulties. A lot of people in chat, there must be regulars asking if I need to go shower to wash the stink <laughs> off. 
stink. That was just about a shower situation, actually. No, I showered before the show. So. <laughs> it was just, you know, be, we don't have a regular setup, so, you know, you never know things happen. Man, we got a lot of entries, though, 242. And I'll do that was the Metallica version. I don't know if you knew this, but their new album, uh, 72 Seasons, came out today. There were midnight album release parties at a couple of re local record stores. I didn't even know uh, that was still a thing because usually it comes this out. This is and how just... you know that you've gone like grown up and are now living dad life. Because you're I... one of the biggest Metallica guys I know. You yeah. probably would have been all over that a few years ago, but uh, you've sort of lost your fastball. I got to say. Yeah, they had uh, the was playing like you could listen to premiere at a movie theater in Dolby Atmos. I don't know if you're familiar with Dolby Atmos. It's like that new hot thing for not. For listening to music, and yeah, I couldn't go to that. And yeah, they had midnight release. Like I would have been. Have you heard any of it yet? I listened to a couple songs and I did enjoy it, but yeah, I'm I'm old now, so I can't do like I can't do the things that I used to. But uh, I'll tune in. I know I did, I did go to a midnight. I think the last midnight album release I went to was like Chinese Democracy in 2006. <laughs> At a local <laughs> CD CD store, so uh, that's yeah, right. I haven't I haven't copped a I haven't copped a, a a midnight record or album or CD or whatever. And you're not a big midnight CD. You just get it on uh, Spotify or Apple Music now. Like you don't need to, like do you does your car even have a CD player? Uh, no, I don't think so. A lot of people do like vinyl now. I have a record player, but like I just listen. I just listen to podcasts. I listened to WST over and over, just, you know, air checking ourselves and laughing <laughs> along with the stupid things that go on during this program. Uh, all right, let's do this. What, uh, where are we, uh, where are we uh, dropping the marbles Hold today? On. I'm missing a couple names here. I want to make sure I got all the names. Something's off here. I think it's got all of them. It says 242 users. I'm trying to copy all of them. Well, whatever. I'll shut it's a up. Big list. Yeah, big. This is this very is. I hopefully my computer can handle all the names. We're pushing it. We're pushing the limits of the marble race with two hundred and forty-two of them for sure. Yeah, like we'll see. Uh, Are we adding any additional special marbles? Well, you know what? I think we give one to Bones for getting the team across the finish line. Let's give one to Bones, one to Hellebuck, and one to Adam Lowry. I think all those guys this week today deserve it for uh everything that they've done over the last little bit to get to the guys to the finish line i mean we could put the whole team in there but i think those three are the be uh, are, are the best guys to to put forth uh, lowry's just been such a beast this last little while <clears throat> hellebuck's the man and is the backbone of the club and bones what can you say about uh the job that he did this year through the good and the bad getting the team to the uh Getting the team to the playoff tournament. That was the goal at the beginning of the year. They're in it right now. And uh, chipping a chair, folks. One of 16 teams still with a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And it's going to get going on Tuesday in Las Vegas. Game number three here in the peg. Whiteout street parties. It all happens next Saturday, eight days from today. Yeah, getting, getting fired up, Hustler. This is such an exciting time of year. The snow is melting. I found a mini skateboard like on my backyard. You know, when it melts and you find stuff that was there before. Um, so, uh, yes, it's warming up. We're getting to barbecue season. I'm like salivating oh, yeah. over 
when I can fire up my How barbecue. How warm is it there today, by the way? Not warm. Oh, it's not? No. I thought it was 10 supposed degrees, to be like double it's digits. Rainy, all, oh. It's rainy and gross. Uh, oh, well. Um, let me tell you. Uh, oh, not even 10. Four degrees. Oh, I don't and even rainy. want to tell you what it's like here right now. You want, 20, I want to compare weather? 26, What's the we 26 and sunny. Right Whoa, it's you like, wanna... it's crazy. Dome you know open what... tonight. I may have to get back to the ball game. We'll see. You know what weather it is in Vegas? 45. Oh, jeez. No. 21. So. Who's going to Vegas, by the way? Anyone in chat, let us know. Anyone yeah. already get their tickets? Anyone heading out? I know DQ Nick's going. I just got a text during the show from Trevor Not. Oh, he's I going? I think T Not's going to be down there. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, Nick what, texted uh, me. Yeah, Nick said he's, man, he's he said it. he's going to be there. So he's like, hey, you want me to come on and do a head ad from a plaza? I was like, yeah, maybe. Nick, if you want to pop on on a phone or something and just show us what give it us, looks give like. Give us a live. A li you are looking live at the uh, plaza outside. All right, anyways, let's do these marbles. People are probably getting impatient in the chat. No, this is the best part of the show. We're, we're talking. <laughs> people have told me that. We're at the end of the show. and I wanted to go on my rant about uh, franchise records. I got locked and loaded for that one. You're seeing the Arizona and Coyotes. Do, and I'll do a hot dog review. Yeah, and you'll get a hot... Okay, I'll talk. You get a hot dog. We'll do this race first. Yeah, let's do the race. What are we doing here? Which one? People wanted... Someone wanted the same one as last time. Wow, we just did one. I said, about, we, um, I said we don't really repeat. That's not what we do yeah. here. The funnel, maybe? I like the funnel. The funnel's always good. Oh, Phyllis uh, says Roy Mack in chat also going. Nice, Roy. Love it. I think... We're looking for... Yeah, I think... Uh, Let's see. Which one? Are we doing twists and turns? Oh, the funnel? You want to do the funnel? Yeah, funnel's a good one. Did it's we very do the fair. We've do, we've done, Some people we've keep track of these. 236 or 242, I thought you said. Some of them didn't copy over, so it's only 236. Oh. So okay. I don't know. I, I don't know why. It says 242, but I've copied and pasted the list 10 times. And it's <laughs> and it well, keeps giving me 233. So I don't know. There we go. I think the marble app can't can't add properly. <laughs> um, so again, we got a hoodie. Shout out to our friends at Chip and Associates for those. Those are coming in next week. Fingers crossed. So again, if you've uh, won already, we'll uh, get them all hey. in and we'll get them to you. And second place, we'll have a twenty-five dollar Boston Pizza gift card for you. Thanks to our friends at BP getting ready for the whiteout coming up next week. All right, this is the funnel. One of our biggest. Marble races ever on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So without further ado, it's Marbles time on WST. Hey, wait. MC Stormy says we did the funnel last week, but the funnel is good. Oh, okay. Well, someone apparently wanted this one again. I, I thought that was a little while ago, but uh, we're locked and loaded. Yeah, we're Here locked. Here we go. We're locked the in. The funnel. It's a good track. <laughs> it is. I think we determined that this was one of the most elite tracks through the... Um, the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Whoa, look at Tackleberry. Huge, huge start by Tackleberry. I've never really seen anyone have that great of a start. This could be... Well, we'll see what happens, but Tackleberry has a massive, massive advantage right now. It could be Tackleberry. It's a good thing we've got two prizes. Guess who's coming up now? Extacus and uh, Way Warner. Hey, hey Honor. 
Oh, hey, Honor. I know it's you don't have your regular monitor there. Believe me, this actually looks better than my normal monitor. Um, for whatever reason, sometimes it's very difficult to uh, very difficult to figure out what uh, what it's looking like. That the, the it looks good today. Tackleberry has a very very comfortable lead. I think we can describe it as. Uh, but Extakis right there, B Henderson in the mix as well. But this is all Tackleberry off that incredible start that they had to get things going. B Henderson is now in second. It's a big, big pack right now looking for that $25 gift card. Although there are multiple more funnels, so Tackleberry had a little too much speed. This could get a little tighter as we get close. Still not out of the first one. And wow, Daryl Selly and hey, Honor. Big mix. Tackleberry did not manage that funnel very uh, well, certainly as well as he did the first one. Um, but there's Tackleberry again coming right down. Oh, somebody <laughs> just went over the top rope. Royal Sports taken out. Tackleberry coming right back. That was very, very impressive. Jeff Wozni's now in second, and uh, our our boy Mark in third. But Tackleberry had the lead, lost the lead, regained the lead, and is now trying to make it happen for their first victory in WST Marble Race. Here's Tackleberry coming in. Still first. Still some work to do, though. But on account of the huge start, Tackleberry is the winner. And Jeff Wozni comes in second. Mark third. Darren Brown fourth. Joe Phoenix fifth. Isha Boy Bruce with the top ten. Nice work, Bruce. Ernie Thiessen, P. Zimberg, um, Batista, and Wolf's Bane. Now, everybody coming in. Whoa, look at all the marbles today. This was a uh, this was one hell of a race. This was a, do, quite the race. I do like the funnel. It keeps, uh, although, I mean, I guess the only downside is that, you know, if you have one marble get a big, big lead from the on account of a great start, sometimes it's hard to catch him. But uh, there's poopy pants coming along the way. Is there still somebody that's not in? Phyllis. Phyllis. <laughs> what the hell's going on with Phyllis? Phyllis just taking her sweet time. Now, does Phyllis get burned by the fire? That's the question. We see it coming. But no, no, Phyllis will be in. Fire is still oh, just up at the top one. Fashionably late. Phyllis, nicely done. All right, congratulations, Tackleberry and Jeff Wozni. Tackleberry. Send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Let us know what size you are. And uh, as I said, hopefully we'll get that um, shipment of hoodies in next week and we'll hook you guys up. And uh, to shout out to, um, who is it? Uh, who is fourth again? Who is, oh, was it Jeff Wozni? Yeah, Jeff Wozni. Yeah, yeah Jeff Wozni. Send an email as well. Uh, I just got the email from Andrew that we've got some BP gift cards to give away, one for today, and we'll have one, I think, every day next week. So, um, I'm not sure whether it'll be a pickup at one of them, the uh, stores, or whether they're going to get them to me. So just hang tight. It'll be a little bit before we get those. But uh, you'll be able to chat out on some of those great new apps and everything from the BP feature menu. It's going to be a lot of fun. What's up for the weekend, Reem? Oh, man. Uh, my wife is in a course for her you know, professional development. So it's me and the, and the kids all weekend. Huh? Busy weekend for me. So. I, I would do anything to have like a live stream, like just a, oh, you I'm, handling. 
How old's how old's the the baby? Like six months? She's five months. Yeah, five and a half five months. months? She's not a baby anymore. She's not that fresh of a newborn. Uh, she can like smile at you and five months la- is still la- a baby, right? At what point does someone stop becoming? No, a baby? it's still ba- still a baby, but it's not an infant. I don't think there's like terminology. I don't know if you know what you're talking. Like about. she's not a newborn, but she's yeah, still but I think baby. she's an infant. I don't know. Babies and infant. Let us know in the there's chat. A, people there's an official like thing where it goes. Oh, I don't know if I scrolled here. through the whole list. So I'll let people scroll. Um, here, people want to see the list. I there's just so asked many Siri. People are Infants asking. Infants can be considered children anywhere from birth to one year old. So definitely. Oh, still really? Yeah. I where just is asked that? Siri. I just asked Siri right there. You want to see it? Oh, man. Okay. I thought. I thought infant was only like zero to three months, and then, but sure, I'll go with that. Because a toddler, I think, starts at what, like two years? The terrible twos. I don't know. Again, this is not I. This is not my area of expertise, um, at all. All right, you want to do that? Do you, Do you want me to show off one of these hot dogs? Yeah, you have to get one. Today? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. And then one. I'll talk about franchise okay. records. Sounds good. I'll tell you. I'll, you know what? I'll leave your. I'll leave Hustler's camera on so you can watch him getting this order. That's actually really funny. So uh, this always gets me triggered. And the Arizona Coyotes tweeted out yesterday, and you know it's a high offensive season. A lot of people are getting points. We're seeing record number hundred point guys or most since like ninety five, ninety six. So the Coyotes tweeted out. Two of the greatest to ever wear a Coyotes uniform. Clayton Keller has tied Keith Kachuk's single-season points record. And in the graphic, which I can't show, well, here, put it up here. You'll see Hustler. I'm getting this order. This is too good. Um, they wrote, ties Coyotes' single-season points record. Clayton Keller. And you notice they didn't use the wording franchise record. And Dallas did this a couple weeks ago, too, because on social media with and on the broadcast when Jason Robertson set the Dallas Stars record for points in a season and not the um not the franchise which includes the North Stars and look I don't blame these teams at all why would some you know a Arizona Coyotes fan from Phoenix or Tempe wherever they play now or a Dallas Stars fan from Dallas care at all about what Keith Kachuk or Timu Solani did in Winnipeg, or what anyone did for the North Stars. The same way we here do not care and groan every time we hear about these Atlanta Thrashers records. So I've been saying this for years, that the NHL and the Jets need to step in and give the Jets 1.0 records back to Jets 2.0. So when we hear about Josh Morrissey setting the record for points, we can compare him to Bill Housley and not what Toby Enstrom did on the Thrashers because... Could you imagine the uproar if a Jets rookie scored, what, like 38 goals or whatever it is, and they said, oh, this new Jets rookie is the all-time, you know, single-season rookie goal-scoring leader. It would be absolutely rejected by the fans because everyone knows Tim Mussolini is the Winnipeg Jets uh, rookie, you know, rookie goal-scoring leader uh, with 76, so... Um, other leagues have done this correctly, like the NFL. I, I do go on this every time. I say this, this isn't new for me to say this, but it needs to be said repeatedly because maybe we can actually get a change. The NFL, when the Cleveland Browns came in, they gave Browns 2.0, Browns 1.0. Uh, 
records and treated the Ravens like an expansion franchise. The NBA has done it um, with the Charlotte uh, Bobcats when they were renamed the Hornets. They gave them back their records and what New Orleans Pelicans, which moved, they became the expansion. So I'm just sick of seeing this Thrashers stuff with the Jets when Jets 1.0 is now not getting recognized by people in Arizona. Let us recognize it. They already have this Howard Chuck statue. They already have the banners. Give us the records. I wonder if maybe when Blake Wheeler retires because he's the final Thrasher, then you can roll it over. Um, but enough. Like... I knew right. I, I saw that thing that they put out yesterday. Well, I'm like, and I don't blame the Coyotes for so putting it out. Triggered. They should put it out. But like, so what? So now no one gives a crap about the Jets 1.0 records except we get the banner here and the statue. So they're just in limbo. Like, good for the Coyotes. They shouldn't care what happened in Winnipeg. Why should they Did celebrate? They? Celebrate their own history for marketing purposes. You can't market. You can't market Timo Solani having the most points in Arizona Coyotes history. No one cares. So, come on! Do they like, still have the Howard Chuck, like, because they did raise Howard Chuck's number when the Cody's got there. Is that up in Mullet Arena now? Is I don't know. Is Bobby Hall? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's dumb. For that, it's really dumb. Like the NHL's got to step in and see. Like the stars in the Coyotes are doing it. Are doing it right here. So good for them for celebrating their own history. <laughs> their own history, as you show the hot dog on screen. Um, so there we go. I'm, and I'm not like mad that the Coyotes is. I think it's smart of them. I'm just mad that yeah. every time anything happens with the Jets, you'd be like, oh, uh, like oh, some rando uh, player, yeah. player on Atlanta exactly. from the expansion. You're, oh, the fastest goal since Radic Dvorak in the 2019-10 season or like, it's dumb. All right. Let's try this dog. So like we have, sorry, we have already have like Winnipeg Jets records and you can't use them here so i don't know if i i just proposed has as a marketing thing have like a ceremony where you get the records back invite everyone down to true north square i agree and like make it a thing reclaiming our history reclaiming our history that will be the heritage night because i don't know if they there's only so many players they can put in the ring of honor like this would be the next one to do could be and I only get triggered because you see teams, because you see the Coyotes, like, ignoring Jets 1.0 history, which is their thing. But, like, I don't blame them for doing that. Why should they care? You're preaching to the choir, my friend, as well I'm just as going on and on, and you're allowing me to here. So people um, want to see the right. hot dog. So, yes. had enough. Poutine dog review from the Jays game a couple days ago was a big hit. Um, maybe we're on to something here. So we are right in front of a concession stand here at the Madame Athletic Center as the third draw is underway at the uh, Grand Slam of Curling Princess Auto Players Championship. So why not try the dog? Now, here we are. I'll be honest. For a canteen dog at a rink, it looks quite It looks quite good. I put a little relish on and in some mustard. Obviously, no ketchup. That's for children. Although I did not remove the ketchup as an option for others because I'm a considerate person, even though it's a big no-no. Uh, all right, let's check it out. Here it is. Maple Leaf, or the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Hot dog. WST. Let me tell you something. This is a very good hot dog for where we're at, basically a canteen in a smaller rink. If I had this at a local rink, 
I would say it was outstanding. And part of it is the bun. I don't know how they, what the story is on these buns are. When I first touched it, I thought it might be a little crusty, but no, not at all. It's one more bite before I give her a full score. People want to know, there's a lot of questions in chat. People want to know the price of the dog. And I'll let you, I'll let you actually eat. <laughs> the price of the dog was, well, it said four twenty-five. However, I gave the guy five bucks and he gave me a loony back. So I'm not sure whether that was a discount, a mistake, whether they didn't have any quarters. I'm not sure. But yes, a $4 dog here at the, uh, the MLG. And I'm going to give it a 7.2. 7.2 on the scale of 1 to 10. Very good. I'm definitely going to finish the whole thing. And um, I don't know if I go back to the game tonight, I may have to do one of the different dogs. They've got a Cubano dog at the Jays game. Shout out to uh, probably some of the uh, Latin players on the club. I think it's got like pulled pork and Swiss cheese or something on it. And then there was another one, the Canadian Caesar dog. Now, it didn't say what's on it. And I we couldn't decide. We couldn't even figure out. Like, what, like what's in a Caesar? Like tomato... Bacon. I'm sure there's bacon in it, right? Is that a thing? Uh, Is it Caesar I, salad dog or Caesar the drink? I, I would assume Caesar the drink. But um, I know that was a, that was a joke. Any, anyways, anyways, there will be some detective work on that. I'm hopefully going to get to uh, back to Rogers Center either tonight or tomorrow for the game while I'm uh, while I'm here. People in chat asking about the bun. Can you describe? Was it toasted? It, no, it wasn't toasted. It's soft. I mean, it was, they had obviously made these probably somewhere else, like downstairs, and then wrapped them, kept it hot. Um, but it's a fresh bun. Like when I first touched on the outside, it's got like a nice, I, wonder, I don't want to say it's crust, but they've uh, they figured it out. Like there's some, there's some uh, it's solid on the inside, but a lot more fluffy, sort of spongy as you'd want from a hot dog on the inside. I'm going to have one more right here. That looks pretty good. The Cubano dog. I'll say I'm a big Cubano guy. Ever, I didn't even know what a Cubano was, but I saw that movie Chef with Jean Favreau, which is great, and it got me. I was all over Cuban sandwiches after that movie. Um, so I would, I would try that hot dog if it's available for sure. I had a Cuban sandwich down in Fort Lauderdale when Gary and I were on the road or something back, like early on in the 2.0 era. And I never had one before. I didn't know if I really was going to like it. We were at a hotel. They didn't have a lot of things. I said, what the heck? I'll try it. It was so damn good. Any other time I've had the opportunity at a restaurant that had a Cuban sandwich, if they said it was good, I've always got it. It is a uh, good sandwich. Absolutely elite. That roast pork, the way they put it on with the cheese, the mustard, pickles. So good. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know if people want to watch me just eat hot dogs for the rest of uh, the day. We do have to get the podcast up. For everyone that's been with us the entire show, appreciate your patience at the beginning when we were, <laughs> we were figuring a few things out. Um, but it really has worked out great. And, man, next week is going to be so much fun. Um, we are going to be live. And, by the way, keep an eye out on our Twitter feed and turn your notifications on because we're going to try and cook something up on the weekend, uh, potentially on Sunday night, um, to do a uh, live hockey draft with some friends, a playoff draft. And I'm sure a lot of people would probably like to do that as long as I get home in time and we can set it up. I, I think that is going to happen. So 
turn the notifications on uh, on YouTube. You'll know when we're on it. As I say, once we confirm it, though, we will do a tweet and invite people to jump on with their comments in it. Uh, if you're having your own draft this week, enjoy. I'm going to be doing one with some friends on Monday when I get back. And then uh, next week, Monday, Tuesday, countdown to game one. Jets are in the playoffs. Revenge against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see if that happens, uh, but really cannot wait for it. Um, thanks to Brandon Rewicki and Billick for coming on today. Great chats with them. Obviously, Michael Remus making it all happen back there. Special thanks to my friends at Princess Auto having such a great time here at this event here in Toronto. You can check it out on Sportsnet. Playoffs tomorrow and Sunday should be really good. And uh, we'll be back at WST HQ on Monday getting ready for game one between the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Unless, of course, I somehow end up in Las Vegas. See if I can maybe detour the detour the, the return flight home. Uh, folks, have a great weekend. Podcast, we've got to get up, so we got to run. I'm going to finish this hot dog. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's going to be the place to be next week, right through the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Winnipeg Jets. We appreciate you. We will see you on Monday, 1 p.m. Get your whites ready, Winnipeg. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.